Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Uh, tonight, we are talking with Marcel Mendez um, from Condrolicious Reptiles. We had him on the show. Gosh, Owen, when was that? Like, 2015 way, maybe way back when when we were, we were so young and hopeful and like we just yeah. kind of started out and yeah life was good wild. yeah like, <laughs> i i could successfully breed snakes yeah it was, it was a different time yeah well i am ha- uh so we're gonna be talking to him um some people may i mean they they should know who uh who he is um but uh, he is uh, one of the guys that is working on the Albino Chondro project. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that. Um, we're going to hit on some Emerald Reboa talk, which is kind of new territory for me. I don't know about you, Owen. Do you have any experience with Emerald Tree Boas? I know, I know I, you're the boa guy, but. <laughs> hey, hey, just because just Minnetola was on a little bit ago doesn't mean you can start going off that one. Um, right. I, I worked with uh, a trio of Amazon basins when I worked okay. in the zoo. And right. I had, by the time I left the zoo, I didn't want to see another emerald tree boa for as long as I lived because they were just horrible creatures. Um, they, they, it was more along the lines of, I think, the person who uh, my boss kind of read into all those old mythos about emerald tree boas, like... I could only feed them at night by headlamp, and that was really annoying at, like, the end of the day when you just want to go home and you have to wait for the sun to go oh, down wow. so you can feed their tree Yeah. So it was – it was. They, I, I want to say that the circumstance was taken out on them, but uh, I have worked with them, and uh, but not – I've never bred them or anything like that, but I did work with them, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, that was like a snake mm-hmm. that you definitely, you know, like, I don't know, you would see it in like a, a reptile book and be like, wow, one day I want to work with them. Um, but it seems weird. Like you're either a Python person or you're a boa mm-hmm. person. Not very many people yeah. delve in both sides of the world. You know what I mean? Like I, maybe the, the arboreal stuff seems to be the only spot where you have crossover between the two. But like you don't see a, well, maybe that's wrong. Because Matt breeds boas and, <laughs> yeah, and well, pythons, yeah. uh, but uh, you know uh, what I mean. I don't know. Maybe that's an old thing, but usually you see well, somebody that's into boas, they don't have pythons. Well, look at it this way: the problem is the problem is is that I think with a lot of species, if you're going to do a certain python, a lot of times there's a there's a boa that can coincide. Like we yeah. can keep red tails in the same cages that we have for carpet pythons, but if I do that, then a lot of the cages that could be filled with carpet pythons now have a couple boas in it. And, you know, there's, there's that, but it, it's almost like with the arboreal guys, they're like, they can kind of justify just sticking a couple emerald tree boas in a couple cages. So, yeah. Right. And then, um, he also has, uh, well, this is, a, uh, Versace. I don't know if you've ever seen that Condro, but holy I- cow. I think I have. I think we had conversations about him. Um, we yeah. Saw him. yeah. He's in sickness territory. Um, oh, really? That, uh, yeah, he's he's that uh, 
that kind of snake. Like he's that caliber. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk about all that stuff, but, uh, um, before we do that, we want to just make sure that everybody is aware because apparently some people are not. The Northeast Carpet Fest is about a month away. Um, yes. <laughs> it came quick, man. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, uh, we are so not ready. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, it is uh, June 8th. It's at Warminster, PA at my place. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, I think this is going to be an awesome time. Um, I am working like a dog all around my house, trying to get everything prepared so that I'm not doing it at last minute. And uh, so far, so good. It's just a lot of work, but so far, so good. Um, so I feel good, good about it. Uh, I sucked all the water off the top of the pool today. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so that's a good one. And, uh, I'll start working on that, uh, probably this weekend and get that going. So, uh, we'll have, we'll have the pool up and ready and, uh, everybody can, uh, get drunk and jump in and chill off. Apparently we're going to do not drown the, the crawfish boil. Um, yep. Uh, so that's a Howard Redding staple. So he's going to, uh, hook that up. Um, mm-hmm. obviously we're going to have Mr. Baez's, uh, mojito chicken and uh yep what else uh we got lawns uh pulled pork all this stuff delicious uh keith had made yep. a post about it today and just talked about you know carpet fest and you know first of all there's the food um yep i don't know i like i like the way we do the food you know we've been to the other carpet fest and they they it's had amazing food no doubt yeah but we just have like potluck you know you got travis wyman bringing his delicious uh, desserts, um, which basically I'm for always, the month of May, I will be on, uh, you know, strict say, lockdown. I, I'm, I'm, always, <laughs> I'm always worried about you when that pie comes in that you're just going to be like, yay, and like run off with it and like <laughs> run up a tree, like run up a tree or something, and I'll have to like jab you down with a pole. Like, I think, uh, yeah. I think till the last time we had it was that, that I remember I was at your place, and I don't know if me, Nick, yeah. and Zach were drunk or what state no, we were guys, in, but you, good so, lord, first off, we just would not leave it. <laughs> Nick doesn't drink; that's number one. But you and Zach, I'm pretty sure we're uh, heading vibe. But yeah, you guys were like, "Well, this pie is freaking awesome." I'm like, "All right," <laughs> so it's like, "What's up with this yeah. pie?" And then I don't exactly. think I even got any because I was um, when you host Carpet Fest, you rarely ever see the outside of your snake room. So I don't think I even that is got true. the pie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we drink bourbon for Carpet Fest? Sure, why not? Um, Ryan, Ryan is bringing should... us some bourbon. All right, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> I, think my, um, I, think, I think my grandfather would come back to life to smack me upside the head. So you know. It's... Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah, you Scots. <laughs> you can't. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so there's that. The, that's probably the biggest part of the news. Um, and then um, I had my first clutch, which is uh, which is awesome. Um, Hooray. So I'm, yeah. So I'm a python breeder again. Um, Hooray. <laughs> I got. Uh, yeah, right. So. Uh, I got a clutch from, uh, they're called the lightning line jungles. And it's so crazy, man. I've had probably, God, it keeps going up. I think I've had 40 to 50 inquiries about 
you know, getting on a list for them. And and you know what else I kept thinking of? We could not sell yeah. that goddamn snake at Hamburg. The boy. Nobody oh, wanted yeah. it. The boy. So I had a 2.1 yeah. group. I had a 2.1 group. And I was like, I don't need this extra mail. You go back and you listen to NPR. It's like, why do you have this extra mail? You don't need extra mail. Why do you need this? Why do you need this? You need well, to send no, the herd. No, first, no. first off, first off, Pat Owen is an idiot because, you know, you always <laughs> should hang on to an extra mail. So <laughs> don't. Mm. That Pat Owen we is a jerk. <laughs> we were young and dumb. What do you want? Young and stupid. <laughs> yeah, so we make stupid. mistakes. We learn from those oh mistakes. Oh, my God. Anyway, but do you remember? Um, I, I, I vividly yeah. remember. I'm standing at your yeah. – this is when I said that I could not be at Hamburg anymore. I was like, I can't. Yes. This, I can't do this place anymore. I was at the table with you, and this kid walks up, and he's looking for a jungle. And, I'm, you know, actually, you were the one that was selling it because I was sort of like, yeah, yeah I have this jungle here. It's, uh, you know, he's asking, like, what it's from. And, of course, it doesn't look like Johnny Blaze or something like that. And I said – well, it's a, it's a, it's a different line. It's unrelated to anything in the States, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Terry Phillip produced it. Uh, he's the founder of the line and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he just was like, well, I got this one over here and it's like $70. Why are you charging $300 for this? No, it was him. No, it was, it was him. And his father, and his father was like, well, what the hell is the point? I mean, that one over there is 70 bucks. And they're going to make the same thing. And I think I chimed in with you. If you think that your $70 car- carpet pythons are going to make the same thing as a $300 carpet python, you are breeding the wrong animal, sir. So right. Was, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, that's it, Owen. Uh, never again. Nope, <laughs> nope, never again. <laughs> no more never, Hamburg for Eric. Never happened. But it's funny yeah. because I actually got asked about the lightning line animals for you at Hamburg. So people were like, what's up with those? I'm like, Terry Phillip made them. So like, is it unrelated to everything in the States? I'm like, don't know. You should probably talk to Eric. It's like, it's, yeah. I'm like, I think so. You should, he's going to have all the info. So. Yeah. So before yeah. Uh, we get, uh, before we get going with the show, I'm just going to give like a quick history of what it was. So I had bought, um, as many of people may know, I had bought a striped jungle, uh, from Australian Addiction, uh, from their Skunk and Flower, which are pre- look those two up. I- I'm sure they're yeah. probably still on their site. Holy hell, that snake was awesome. I had this awesome striped. I have to find the pictures of it and post it in the chat. But I had this awesome striped uh, female that I got from uh, Justin and Ben. Um, at the time, mm-hmm. they were still still working together, and um, fortunately, that girl died. But she was amazing. Anyway. Um, I had, I picked her up and I remember I paid, I paid a good deal of money for her because I mean, it was top notch animal. And then I was like, all right, well, I need something to go with it. So at the time I was buying Darwin carpets from Terry and he he was like, well, I have these striped jungles that you might be interested in. And I was like, okay. And he was talking about them and he called them the lightning line. And I was like, okay. Mm. And, uh, they, I remember getting them. Luke brought them back for me from, I think he brought them back from, uh, from Tinley. It was the, I, I didn't go to Tinley this year. I think it was like maybe 2011. Anyway, he brought them mm-hmm. back and I got 2.1, uh, group of it. So because I already had that female from Australian addiction and that was going to be my striped jungle project. Um, so 
you know, I've been raising them up. I sent that mail away in 2013. I let Zach bar, mm-hmm. maybe it was 2014. Zach barred the mail um, to breed with uh, his stripe project, but that year he didn't get anything from it. Um, right. So I've been kind of holding off and holding off, r- raising up that girl real slow. Um, I know Nick, to give you an idea, Nick wanted to be on the, he, Nick, Nick Mutton asked to be on the list at ICAST. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, I just, I, I had just gotten that. And he crap. asked to be on the list at ICAST. And um, sure. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. So I finally got Man, a clutch. Um, the clutch, uh, there's probably maybe 12, 15 eggs going maternal incubation. And then, uh, I'm days away from a clutch from the gelatin journal. So, so that's my nice. two clutches for the year. Um, <laughs> so. um, I have maybe still the bread lie cause they're still locking up. And okay. other than that, dude, and, and then I'm going to pair, repair the colubrid soon. But other than that, nothing. Yeah. Well, I'd like yeah. I told you before, you know, a guy that will, uh, <laughs> I know a guy that hates your shows. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll have stuff. Don't worry about yeah. it. You know, you will have stuff. Where did this come from? Jesus. Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Don't about Just <laughs> you want it? Buy it. You know, you take the snake and move along. It's like, yeah, you know, it's when they buy it, I give them your card and they can talk to you about all the information. So then it's blind. They don't even right. know it comes from you. So, right. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let's get it going. You ready? Yep. Good. Okay. Hey, man. Welcome back to NPR. How you doing, man? Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Excellent. Doing okay. Excellent. Ready to talk uh, chondros, emerald tree boas, guitar, whatever. Sweet. <laughs> All I, my favorite. All my favorite subjects. I will not nice. be good in the guitar discussion. I really won't, and I apologize ahead of time. So good. we'll talk. Know. We'll talk. We'll talk ball pythons after the guitar. Oh, that's the show. I can't talk about. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Well, let's start. Um, I don't know. Let's start. Let's start with um, the Albino Project. Uh, so, Albino Condro Project. Maybe throw a little bit of history there, and then uh, you know sure. what you've been up to with it. Yeah. So that uh, project, um, I've been working on it since 2000. I believe it was 2002 when um, Trooper wow. produced. I'm sorry. No, no. Sorry. Damon Southeast produced the the first albino chondro. So uh, he produced his albino, which was named Floyd, um, Uh from a pair of, uh, I believe they were, uh, he got them from the Barkers, from Dave and Tracy, and I believe they were just imported Marukis from uh, Bushmaster that had been, um, they were captive bred, but they were from wild-caught parents. And okay. uh, I believe believe he had a reverse trio, and uh, paired him up, and you know just by by luck got got the first albino. So just so happened by luck that uh, that summer, uh, this, actually the summer before, it was 2001. I was living up north, up you know up around. I was living in the Northeast in Connecticut, and 
was, you know, pretty good friends with John Romano, who was uh, one of Trooper's kind of Trooper Walsh's kind of uh, proteges. Worked with him at the National Zoo, and you know, John kind of introduced me to Trooper, and um, Trooper had another Maruki that from the same clutch that Damon's animals were were from. And uh, so, and then in the summer, I believe it was summer of 2001, I picked up, this was before the albino, the first one was produced. I, I picked mm-hmm. up a baby from that, from, from Trooper. Okay. So as soon as, da- as soon as Damon uh, produced his albino, I was like, oh shit, I've got a possible head. Um, nice. <laughs> and that's, that's really where it started. So that was 2002 at that time, uh, Versace, that's, that's my het male. He was, um. Uh, you know, like a yearling uh, when this happened, when, when the albino okay. hatched. So, you know, since then, it's been, you know, one of my uh, number one goals in life to, to try to, you know, establish some albino chondros. And um, it took me, uh, I want to say it was 11 or 12 years before I hatched Oof. the first one. So okay. that would have been, uh, the first one was 2013. Um and basically what I did was I started, you know, every every clutch that I produced from Versace, um, I would, you know, unless it was like a really large clutch, he's been a pretty prolific breeder for me. So, you know, there's there's lots of his babies floating around out there. And uh, right. but anyway, I would, I would keep the, the bulk of the bulk of them until they were sexable. And then I would hold back every mm-hmm. single female. And um, finally, um I, I bred him with so I had I had four females from the very first clutch that he produced that I held back, and um, on the I, I was either the third or the fourth one. The first two I bred nothing, and of course you know they didn't all go the same year. So like one year mm-hmm. one went, and then one year the next went. Finally on the third one, it was either the third or the fourth. I can't remember, but. Uh, that was in 2013. Finally, hit a small. It was a three egg clutch, super, you know, super, uh, super dinky clutch, and um, had a red albino and a yellow albino in it. Uh, wow! You know, red baby, red baby, yeah. yellow baby, and then another red baby that um, that was a 66% het, who uh, I'm expecting eggs from. You know, any any probably in like a month. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, um, so that's you know that's kind of the you know brief history of it. Um, I have mm. uh, so I produced two and thir- two in 2013. Both of them were really crappy feeders. Never could get them established, um, and they you know they they lived for I don't know a couple months and then they both died. So that was you know mm. that was a that was a mm-hmm. punch in the gut. And then um, then I produced another one in in, in uh, 20, 2014. Uh, from a, mm. a different female. Um, this one, this female was more. All the all of the uh, uh, initial holdback females were from a uh, Versace to Bioc breeding, so they had okay. you know, kind of like a lot lot more wild type blood in them. Um, and the the 2014 clutch was from Versace bred to a lot more of a designer type animal, Trooper Walsh, Blue Blood, you know, kind of kind of kind of uh, female. Um, so, you know, that was the clutch that I was really like, man, I really hope this one is is it turns out to be het because you know with the designer um, 
genes mixed in there. You just never know what, you know, what kind of effect the albino gene would have on a like highly yeah. melanistic yeah. animal or a blue animal or, you know, whatever. Um, right. So anyway, had a clutch of maybe seven or eight that year and uh, one, one, one more albino. And that one, um, even though some of the siblings uh, from that litter were pretty insane as far as the, um, you know, amount of uh, black and just different colors, this one was basically, you know, w- would have been a pretty much a green snake if it was, uh, you know, if it was not albino. And right. she lived um, – she did, She was doing great, lived uh, about two years, and then, I, you know, she shed one day, and I had her out for pictures, and I was looking at her, and I was like, oh, man, what's this? She had, a, like, a, a lump in, uh, you know, about, uh, a, I don't know, th- three-quarters of the way down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the next day, immediately took her to the vet, and uh, fortunately, I've got a really good vet that's uh, my neighbor and a good friend of mine, Marie Rush. She was actually uh, – um, she, she was a speaker at ICAS. Uh, she does a um, uh, project with uh, field studies on Corallus uh, grenadensis, which is the Grena, uh, Grenada tree boa. So anyway, oh, yeah, she's super familiar yeah. With, yeah. yeah, she's super, super familiar with arboreals and just specializes in reptiles. And so anyway, she lives literally like five minutes away from me. So uh, it's great having her as a as a resource, and you know, whenever whenever you know uh, things things get sick, um, <laughs> so took her to her. She we did an ultrasound and um, basically determined that uh, she had some sort of uh, intestinal blockage that had been caused by either uh, a mouse nail or uh, something uh. had had kind of lodged itself in the side of her intestine and was acting like a hook. So anything that passed through. It was just, you know, like a snag, and it just kept, you Ooh. know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh. So anyway, we uh, tried to, you know, lubricate it really good and tried to work it out over the course of a couple days, and nothing, you know, nothing was working. The snake was, you know, didn't seem like it was really affecting it. I'm sure she probably would have eaten if I would have fed her. Um, so it wasn't like an urgent type thing. So we let it go for a week or two, and then uh, finally, you know, nothing else was working. So decided to, to do surgery, and um, unfortunately lost her to you know complications due to the surgery. So that was Damn. another uh, pretty major setback. Um, yeah. And then uh, so that was 2014. Then we produced another one in 2015, and. It, again, you know, crappy feeder, couldn't get it established. It, it was actually uh, uh, hatched with, like, you know, no no yolk absorbed. Uh, I think it hatched at, like, you know, uh, five or six grams or something like that. So it didn't have a really good shot uh, at survival from the beginning. Jesus. Um, yeah, and that, that's been the last one. So uh, for this year, I've got um, eight eggs incubating right now from – the mother of that 2014 uh, animal, uh, 2014 uh-huh. albino. So the, the the you know the nicer designer line, and then I've got um, uh, a female that, like I was saying earlier, was a sibling to the first one from 2013, and she just ovulated, and um, you know expect to see something from her, you know, hopefully in the next uh, four or five weeks, you know, knock on wood. And she's awesome. she's a 66. She's a 60. Sixty-six percent possible head. So um, you know, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that pans out. It would be pretty cool if out of the three 
three three uh, babies I got from that clutch. If it ended up being two albinos and a het, that would be, uh, you know, that'd be awesome. Pretty, yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty good odds. Yeah. So uh, and you know, the, the the cool thing about Versace and the albino uh, project is that, you know, as a as a um, he produces really cool looking offspring, uh, regardless yeah. of mm-hmm. het head status or anything, anything from, you know, I don't know if it's the Maruki genes that he's got or because he, he basically, if you look at his pedigrees, half 50% Maruki, 50% Trooper Walsh, you know, basement mutt, which could be, okay. you know, anything from a you know, right. high yellow to a mite, mite phase to blue. Um, and so I think it's because of that uh, mix, depending on what I pair him with, he can throw mm-hmm. high yellows, high blacks, you know, uh, never a super blue, but um, true blue, high blue, you know, calico esque looking animals. Um, really, you know, uh, pretty much any any designer phenotype that you can think of, he he's produced it at some point. Um, so it makes it you know nice to hold the babies back, even if they're not het. It's babies you would want to you know you'd want anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's, 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 that's kind of been, yeah, that's, 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 that's been the cool cool thing um even though uh, you know even even throughout all the setbacks and you know heartache there's uh yeah. there's that so man that's a hell of a time frame for you know you must have been so stoked when you actually hatched down an albino uh you know yeah you i know, can't what's, imagine what's crazy, that <laughs> what's crazy is that it they hatched um right before icast and I went oh. to ICAST and you know I, I didn't even realize what I had until I got back. I mean it's one of those things where they hatched. So I just kind of threw them in a threw them in a, threw them in a tub and like all right I got to keep oh, playing well. and uh, yeah. and you know uh, left them in a left them in a, in a in a in a you know damp tub and when I came back I was like oh my god I think these are two albinos and uh, you know they're very if you don't know what you're looking at it's very easy to overlook them. Um, when they're right. you know when they're babies, just because it's such a such a subtle difference, um, especially with the yellow ones, and even with the red ones, you know, um, because so many of these designer uh, type chondros, you know, produce such dark, almost black babies. Um, yeah. And, and and you know all the red albinos that I've produced have been no exception. They've been really dark red, but they don't have any black at all. Uh, so those mm-hmm. are just kind of three things you look for. One of them is the red pupil, um, uh-huh. pink tongue, and then lack of any black. Those are the three kind of giveaways. Um, and so, you know, unless you really, if you got a whole, if you had a group of a hundred of them, you could, you could, it'd be, it'd be hard to, you know, it could be hard for some people if you don't know what you're looking at to pick them out because they don't, they don't stick out, you know. Uh, right. You think albino, you think albino berm or albino carpet, and it's like, oh yeah, right. there it is. But, white. You know, the, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. white but, and yellow. Uh, the, you know, the, the green trees um, are are so variable to begin with, and um, you know, with the thing with the color change and the red and yellow to green, it's you know, they don't they don't stand out as as much as babies. So, yeah. Um, and does that does that carry you both the, for the yellow neonates as well? Yes. Yeah. The yellow ones yeah. I would say are even harder, harder to tell. Um, yeah. and, and I've only had, I've only had the one to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, most of the ones that I've, uh, I guess I've produced th- three, yeah, three, three reds. Um, so, right. you know, they have a, 
you know, now I could spot it from a mile away just because I kind of know what I'm looking for. Uh, sure. But, um, you know, the way I had to tell on the first one was I had to um, take a flash photo at night because if you if you do that with any uh, any chondro um, that is not albino, take a flash photo at night when their pupils are dilated, the pupils will always be black no matter what color the animal is, no matter what morph it is, or not say morph, you know, no matter what uh, phenotype it is, pupils are always black. But the albino, right. you take a, a flash photo at night and pupils are, you know, glow, you know, super red. Um, huh. So oh that's God, is, that, is that subtle? Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, what the is solid the, uh... tongue is, is, another, is another one, but there, there have been animals that, uh, have pink tongues that are not albino, so that, that's mm-hmm. not a uh, um, you know that's not a surefire way to tell them. Yeah. Right. What's the color change like as they? Yeah. Have you? Well, there's only been just the one so far right. that I've been able to you know get to that stage, and um, you know she went from a, from a red to kind of that uh, you know you've seen the photos of, of troopers albino Midas and. Uh, yep. uh, Damon's albino, they're kind of like just this golden yellow color. They almost look kind of like a canary chondro um, or a copiao. Um, but uh, yeah, she went from a super dark maroon red baby to this, you know, kind of golden, uh, golden yellow color um, with some with some white, you know, white specks. And the baby pattern did did you know shine through, but it was just like a different shade of yellow, you know. Right. Huh. So where, what's what's your? I mean, I know you've been doing this for a long time, so you've had must have had time to think. Like, what's your next step with the project besides getting, yeah. you know, more albinos established? Yeah, you have so that, like a goal to where one. you're going. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, not you know, not not really. Just because you know, um, with uh, I, I've kind of trimmed down the collection now to where I've, I've basically got three, three projects going. I've got the, the albino stuff and then right. I've got my cap, my calico stuff and my tiger stripe stuff. And then, uh, you know, just a, a mixing and, and a mashing of those three, those three kind of uh, bloodlines. Um, okay. yeah. So really the sky's the limit, you know, who knows, like I was saying earlier, you know, uh, if you get a, a highly melanistic animal that's, you know, super high black or, or, you know, mite phase, or there's no telling what, you know, I, I would assume that if it was an albino snake, it would be yellow with a bunch of white spots, but, you know, who knows? Right. Um, we'll just have to, you know, hopefully, hopefully find out. One of these years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wonder what like the sickness would look like albino. You know, I mean, there's exactly. just so many. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just you know, they they go through such a uh, such a you know cool color change, and even if they don't keep, you know, a lot of animals don't keep, you know, they'll go through a, a super black or a super you know dark phase while they change color, and it doesn't uh-huh. last. You know, it doesn't last for forever. Sometimes it lasts for a couple months. Sometimes it lasts for a couple years. Um, you know, obviously right. there are some animals that do, that do keep the black, but um, even when it's in that kind of in between stage, it would be really incredible to look at. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Cool. Uh, how long does awesome. the color change like? How long did the color change take with the albino? Was it like open the drawer and boom? Or no. was it like more gradual? No, no, yeah, it was more gradual. Um, 
you know, if you go to my uh, Instagram, I have started uh, hashtagging animals by their ID numbers. So I started doing that a couple years ago. So anything from like 2016 on, I've got every time I post a picture of it on Instagram, I'll tag it with the hashtag of its ID number. So if you just touch that hashtag, you can kind of see the whole progression from from neonate to current. Uh, and that's a cool the albino, idea. You know, that is an yeah. awesome idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Damn, you can, why you know, are we tech savvy? Yeah, it's like you know, <laughs> 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 so it's really cool because you can kind of see just in, on one screen the whole progression. You know, from from yeah. baby to, to 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 adult or current. And the uh, the albino chondro hashtag has got more than just the albino on it. It's got, you know, kind of all related animals that are just heads or possible heads, but you can kind of see there um, on the one animal that did survive, uh, you, you, know, you can kind of scroll through the photos and see kind of a, you know, um, progress, you know, yeah. progression pics of how it changed. Gotcha. And what's your Instagram? Yeah. Is it under Chondrolicious Reptiles under, or is it? Yeah. I, no, it's just uh, Marshall M. Mendez, or you could just search for my name and it'll it'll come up. Gotcha. There we go. Yeah, because I was going to have to ask Eric about how to spell chondrolicious. I'm sorry, that was just going to have to be <laughs> what yeah. happened there. You know. Yeah. I would have done yeah. that later, but not be embarrassed. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's it, that's definitely awesome. It's cool because, like, do you ever like just sit down and look at some of your older ones and be like, "Holy oh, crap, sure. this is." This is what you started yeah. at. And it's like, you know. Yep. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. And what I've what I've found is, you know, people always are um you know, back when uh there used to be I used to do waiting lists and you know, I used to try to get on waiting lists and everybody used to seems like there used to be a lot more chondros being produced than there are nowadays for whatever, you know, for whatever reason that is. It seems like, you know, back in the um early to you know mid 2000s really really the whole 2000s it seemed like there was a lot more people having uh success producing bigger larger clutches more numbers um than than there are today and i don't know why that is and that, that might just be uh me not um you know living and breathing and everything i do is just think chondros like it was back then. right and I, you know every you know every 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 clutch every parent you know i could I, I just that's all i did um and it might just be me being a little bit more you know out of touch now um just because of you know things change and uh sure you know i've got not that i've got an enormous collection but i am kind of a one man you know one man show and i mean you guys know how it is it's a lot of work yeah and, oh yeah you know family kids and work and everything else and you just you know i can't uh i don't have the mental capacity to keep up anymore with everything like i used to uh but um but yeah so so where i was going with that is you know people would always want to be have first pick and you know um Back when I used to keep keep waiting lists, people would always want to, you know, oh, you know, what spot am I? And and I'm like thinking to myself, you know, it really doesn't matter because what this baby looks mm-hmm. like now, there is no way to tell which ones are going to be the good ones. There's no way to tell which one is going to be, you know, the, the the baby colors have, you know, almost no bearing on what the animal could be as an adult. It's always yeah. kind of luck of, luck of the draw. 
And sometimes the most insane looking babies end up turning green. And sometimes the baby that you just think, oh, that just looks like a normal baby. That ends up being the one that looks crazy, you know. Right. Um, you just you just you never can't tell. So uh, what I started doing to um, uh, prevent myself from selling the good ones is just keeping them all until they change. Yeah, <laughs> that's smart. That is yeah. <laughs> Burke style. Smart way to like game. The, yeah, it's the, you went you went full Burke. Yeah, you know, you just keep them all and then wait. You know. Yeah, that's right. Hey man, that's the way you go. I so I clicked on your uh, your Instagram and I'm 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 just was cruising through it real quick. What is it? Just says almost time to start seeing 2019 eggs, but there's like this blue, amazing blue female creature uh, looks like, like she's on eggs she's she's got yeah. some black in her what's that holy hell what is that yeah <laughs> that, um that is uh hang on let me see what you're looking at here but i think that is probably the female that is that's my uh um that is my 100 percent het female so that's that's going to be the mom of uh that's going to be the mom of um uh, the 2014 albino and um, the albino, you know, if, if fingers crossed, maybe some right. more this year. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I see which one you're seeing now. That is a calico dream. So that animal was produced by Greg Maxwell. Um, right. And uh, she was from now that that's an example of that's probably, I don't know, it's one of the more expensive animals that I've ever bought. And, Dear um, God! <laughs> it, I got the picture. Sorry. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> I, I purchased, her, purchased her from Greg as a baby, and it was kind of when he was, you know, it was kind of his last, uh, one of his last, you know, major clutches before he kind of kind of got out of the hobby. But um, that was one animal where I was looking at all the pictures, and I was pretty high up on the waiting list, and I was like, you know what? I want the plainest looking baby out of the clutch, and that's the one I picked. Oh, I I oh gambling! No. I, I swear, <laughs> I had <picks>. right. <laughs> I had the first pick or the second pick, and everybody was like, "Man, you're crazy! Look at this one! Look at that one!" No, nope. that's, that's, I'm, I'm, that, that, that is want, never how that works. Like, come on! I want this one, and and that's what I ended up with. Wow! So, Holy yeah. Greg! Like, really? Like, was Greg like, "What's wrong with you, dude?" Like, you know, what? really? That, <laughs> So, as as a matter of fact, I think I think when I picked it out, he actually said, "Oh, that's a good choice." So really? uh, okay, you know. all right. Uh, yeah. See, that's some you know. So there's something cooking there where he's like, "Yeah, you want that one?" Like, you know, yeah. oh, oh, all right, yeah, yeah, good, okay. Damn, that's you know awesome. when I first started buying carpets, I remember I was buying um I was buying some from Nick, and he's like, "You want this one?" And I didn't know, like, I didn't know if he was trying to like get me to take one so i didn't take the one that he wanted or if he was right. really telling me to go with <laughs> that one i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> take yep. the one he tells you to. <laughs> yeah that's rule number one uh, when the breeder says right. this one yeah, agree with them uh, yeah. yeah wow that snake is amazing man he really did yeah. have some amazing chondros i remember hearing him on oh, reptile yeah. radio and he talked about he had sure. like 40 snakes and like yep. I thought he had so many snakes and he had forty. Forty green trees. You, yeah. Oh okay. wow. Yeah, I mean Eric. But think back by green tree standards. Yeah, that's a lot, right? Green Yeah, yeah. it is. 
I mean, a 40, yeah. 40 adult green trees is a lot. There's not many people that I can think of right now that, that, that I could, you know, n- name off the top of my head that, that have a collection that size, you know, you know, maybe a few. Uh, I, I don't, you know, mine, I, I've got probably, uh, you know, about 25 adult animals, um, give or take. Uh, okay. You know, I probably should, should know that, but I, I don't, you know, that's always the, I'm sure you guys get it when, when oh, they yeah. find out. If you're, <laughs> no, if no, you're yeah. snake. never count. Don't ever count. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad thing yeah, to exactly. know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the fact that I don't know how many I have it's is good. almost yeah, worse. Know, sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. almost worse to some people than me just having snakes. It's like, what do you mean you don't know how many you have? Yeah, it's like, well, it's, know. It's, you know, it's a range. I know what range yeah. I have, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's when you're like, you know, when you're getting serious in the hobby, when you stop counting. Like, you know, like that's when right. you're first getting into it, you're like, oh, yeah, I got 12 snakes. Yeah, you know, yep. you're like all pumped about these 12 snakes. And then you get to like 30, and then next thing you know, you have 300, and you're like, holy shit. I remember I looked on Reptiscan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I looked on Reptiscan, and at the bottom of Reptiscan, it tells you the total animals in your collection. And I was like, oh, my God, that's how many I got. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I, I know what the, I know what the, what, the, uh, what the tub and cage count in the room is if it's at max capacity. Um, right. And I'm never, I'm never at that. So, I know I'm, I'm below okay. that number. That's, that's about the only thing <laughs> I can tell you. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know where the ceiling okay. is. It's all good. Um, but do you feel like why do you think that chondro breeders have smaller collections? Because now that you've mentioned it, I keep thinking like I know Buddy Buscemi. We went over to his place. He has a huge basement. And he's got like a corner of it for his chondros. And I'm like, really? You don't have this entire thing filled? He's no, nah, this is good. Oh. And it's like, why do you think they kind of stick to the smaller ones? Well, you know, I, a lot of it I think is because they're harder to produce, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're not, yeah. they're not like, you know, they don't, uh, with, with a few exceptions, you know, there are some, bl- some bloodlines, um, that are known to be, uh, larger and produce, you know, produce more, um, uh, larger numbers when they, when they, when they, when they lay eggs. But, you know, for the most part, um, I think uh, a lot of the designer lines, for you know, for whatever reason, they're just not as prolific as uh, some of the wild caught stuff. Um, mm. And you know that that could be for you know any number of reasons. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure you know there's lots of opinions out there about why that that could be. Um, right. But uh, but you know, um, like for the for my first couple of clutches um, when I did. I was using, uh, you know, far, uh, not farm bred, but um, you know, captive bred babies from from you know wild types, uh, locality sure, right. types. And I did see higher numbers um, from those from those you know from those clutches. You know, twenty twenty plus was not that uncommon. Um, and now you know, uh, twenty is like that. That's a big. That's a that seems like it's a big number for mo, you know by modern modern conjure standards if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. I, I would say average is you know for me is somewhere in the ten to fifteen range now. Um, you know, so I did have one clutch earlier this year that I uh, that's a, a calico uh, t- by Tiger Stripe clutch and. 
she uh, – that was actually my first clutch of the season. It's probably, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks away from hatching. And when I first – you know, she she swelled up really big, and I you know I was expecting, you know, a decent-sized clutch from her. But, you know, sometimes you just never can tell. I've got – you know, some females can be really small, and you think, man, there's no way, you know, she's going to lay that many, and they'll end up laying like 15 or 12. And other times you get a really big female, and you think, oh, she's going to lay 20, and you get like eight. So, um, but anyway, I was expecting a large, I was expecting a large number from her and she laid 21 and I was like, man, this is awesome. You know, 21, Mm -hmm. holy crap. I hadn't had a clutch this big and I don't remember how long. And she was, it was weird because I, she had a nest box. She was using it. Um, then of course, you know, the day that I walk in and see her on eggs, she's outside of the nest box. The eggs are scattered all over the place. And, oh goddamn um, it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're doing so well. <laughs> and and so she's 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 got a very she's not even real. I wouldn't even call it a beehive. She's sitting on like five or six eggs, and the other you know however many fifteen or sixteen are just kind of scattered all around her. And right. uh, I was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. So anyway, put them all in an egg, you know, set them up in the incubator, and I mean like within forty eight hours. All of the ones that she was not sitting on top of started crashing, even yeah. though they, even though when I candled them, um, or you know I didn't candle every single one of them, but I stuck a you know candle them just to see, and they had veins, they had they looked like they were you know it wasn't wasn't like super strong vein development, but they definitely did not look like slugs, and right. uh, they all went they all crashed, so she knew somehow that those were not going to make it. <laughs> Huh. Which I thought was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. always weird when they do that. Like really weird and cool when they know which ones are the slugs before I do. So yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and you you always hope like, oh man, I wonder, I no, wonder if that one wrong. is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's maybe wrong. she's just stupid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I always second guess her. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very cool. So yeah. so. Uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. No, I was, I was just gonna say. So that, uh, so I've got, um, you know, there are some that, you know, like, like you're saying, you kind of just, uh, even though I know there's probably a 99% chance that they're bad, um, they're mm-hmm. still in the, you know, I've got them in the incubator still. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, they're not completely stinky and dead, so maybe they'll make it. You know, who knows. But yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. That's, that's so. Do you separate them? Uh, do you separate them out from the from the rest of the eggs? Do you do you put it in a different box? Do you put it in the same box? Oh, What's yeah, your approach ba- with that? The, ba- the, the bad ones. They're the ones that yeah, look bad. Yeah. yeah. The ones yeah, that look bad. I'll, yeah. separate. I'll separate, separate them, them just because I don't. You know, just because the the I worry. I, I say I worry. Like I know that there's something <laughs> bad. I don't, I don't know that there's anything that bad that will happen. But to me. Right. You know, just being around the decomposing, you know, the odors and the smell, I just, I, that's, that's, that's why. Sure. Um, it would make me feel better to move them away <laughs> from my good eggs. Yeah. That, so I, I get that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So do you go, I, I was, again, I'm cruising through your Instagram and I'm looking at uh, some of your chondras on eggs. Um, yeah. Do you set up a nest box or what's your approach when it comes to that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give them usually after uh, after they have a prelay shed. Um, uh-huh. I'll just set up a, a it's basically like a 
and opaque, um, maybe like a three-gallon Rubbermaid tub um, okay. with, with a lid. And I just cut a, you know, cut a two- or three-inch hole in the lid and put some, uh, you know, cypress mulch or Repti chips or whatever in there. And uh, that, that's basically it. I used to use sphagnum moss just because, you know, back in the day, that's what all the old-school guys used to use. And um, right. I found that it's like super uh, – it's it's very uh, what's the word I'm looking for like it's got a bunch of little tiny particulates in it and they when they uh-huh, root around right. in it it kind of gets stuck in their mouth and gets in their heat pits and you know uh, so I quit using that and um, yeah I don't like that I quit using I use the uh, I don't know what you guys use for for substrate but I've started using the uh, those repti chips here in the last six months and that stuff seems to work really well yeah. um, it's cool because it'll you know it packs down once you, you know, hold humidity really well without yep. being wet it doesn't mold and you know if you keep it at the right humidity it'll pack down where you know when they do go to the bathroom it kind of isolates it um to where it doesn't you know spread out all over the place shredded aspen is what i used to use for like the you know terrestrial snakes and um right the problem with that is it, it, it molds you know you can't get it yeah. you can't get it wet at all right yeah so. i never liked that uh i mix soil and uh cypress mulch for okay. my guys, yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what it's in their hide boxes slash lay boxes because they have them in there year round for my guys. But um, do you? I know we've talked to other chondro keepers that like they'll lock their females in with their eggs. Like, damn it, take care of your babies. Like, do you do that at all, or are you right in nah. there grabbing the eggs once you lay them? Yeah, nah, I've I've never been. Uh, I've never. Never let a, a female of any species maternally incubate. Uh, I don't know why. I just, uh, you know, re- mainly the main reason is because I want to get them back on feed and, you know, sure. um, mm. I just have a, you know, just kind of get, start getting them conditioned again. And then, um, so that's kind of the number one reason. And then the other reason is because uh, I just, I guess I'm somewhat of a control freak and I'd rather just have them <laughs> in the <incubator>. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's. I mean, I, I believe that because I mean, I've seen my snakes do very, very dumb things, and I don't want them to be in charge of eggs right now. So yeah, it's give me these, you idiot. So yeah, it's. I get it. So, yeah, um, I mean, when 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 in actuality, you know, they're probably could do as good a job uh, of doing course. it, but it just again, it's one of those things where it just makes me feel better to yeah. to uh, you know have them in the incubator and I can see if one of them starting to go bad or I can, you know, take them out mm-hmm. and look at them or, you know, give them fresh air, you know, whatever. Right. Definitely. So I'm, I, here's a question. It's sort of similar to what, Oh, so do you observe like, so you have a female, let's say that she ovulated and she's ready to go. Does she just go into the nest box and stay there? Is she come back and forth? Does she perch? Like what's the it usual varies, varies by, yeah, by animal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really varies by varies by female. Some of them, some of them will get in the nest box and you won't see them again. You have to check on them. You wow. know, as the time time gets closer, you check on them. Uh, other ones will, um, like this the 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 uh, my pet female um, that recently laid. She got in the nest box, but every morning, you know, I I come, you know, I leave leave the house for work fairly early in the morning and. Uh, to right after the heat panels come on, 
and uh, I would see her out of the egg box and basking um, for a couple hours every morning, and then when I come home from work, she's back in. Uh, gotcha. So, you know, and like I said, other ones bask the whole time. They never go in the nest box until, like, um, you know, you'll walk in uh, around when they're due, and they're not on the perch, and they're in the nest box, and they've laid eggs. So there's really not any, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it varies a lot from snake to snake. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we were talking about the equipment last week and, uh, I was, I'm clicking on your Facebook and you have a, you know, like facility pictures. Um, Mm -hmm. I noticed you have like a a fan in front of a space heater and that what that just pushed heat throughout the room. You're just doing like an ambient heat or do you, are you doing, uh, basking spots as well? I do both. Yeah. I do. Uh, I use, um, so I've got a, an oil, you know, oil filled radiator with a fan, um, Uh with the hooked up to an old, I don't even know how old this thing is. It's in like a, um, old school helix that has like, you know, you have to use a little screwdriver to tweak it. Um, Oh my God. Going back, <laughs> it's the only one. It's, it's, it's the only school, one I can yeah. find that, that would uh, that, that can handle up to fifteen hundred watts of right of, uh, power. Right. So um, they don't make them anymore, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. but they they did for they did for a while, and really it was for a for a. I, I really don't know of any other proportional thermostats that um, you can get that can handle that much handle that much wattage. So anyway, it's it's broken down on me once or twice, and I've shipped it back to Helix, and they they fix it up, and then it's good for another you know seven or eight years. Um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so they're like this uh, thing. So what it, the hell? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's still got the old uh, telephone uh, telephone uh, <laughs> wire that's hooked up to a to a timer oh, yeah. for the night for the yep. night drop. I mean, it's it's old school. So anyway, that uh, controls the ambient room temperature. And right. I basically set it to where, you know, the, 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 the high year round in the room stays between 82 and 83. And then I do a night drop depending on if I'm cycling or not. If I'm not cycling, I drop it down to, you know, high seventies and if I are, you know, 79. And if I am trying to cycle things, I'll drop it to like, you know, 73, 74, maybe. And then um, all of the cages and obviously the racks have either heat panels or, uh, you know, belly heat. Uh, some of my racks have back heat. Um, right. But uh, at night, the uh, all the individual heat spots shut off completely. So they're subjected to the ambient room temperature. And then during the day, everything's got a basking spot of, you know, close to 90 uh, that they can, you know, obviously move away from if they want to. So cool right. side of the cage is going to be pretty close to ambient room temperature and directly under the heat spot will be 90-ish. And I've pretty much used that for just about everything. Um, right. Chondros, emeralds, you know, ball pythons, king snakes, uh, you know, a- a- everything that I've got. Right. Very yeah, cool. you uh, – I know Bill always talks about how, you know, you were one of his, uh, you know, guys that he always went to for uh, – for help with keeping both ball pythons and chondros in the same room, you know, <laughs> he always yeah. talks yeah. about that. You know? Cause you're one of the only guys that do both besides Bill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's like almost words. taboo. But <laughs> I know. Maybe Ryan Young. 
right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, cool. I don't have I don't have many. Um, I, I you know, I, I do like them, and you know, we'll just we'll leave it at that for this show. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey man, I like them too. There's nothing wrong with that. And you you work with the ultra male stuff, right? That stuff is badass. I I don't, I don't care. I do, yeah. That stuff is badass. I, I just kind of uh, you know a couple. Uh, it's one of those things where like you, you know it's really easy to go down the the wormhole and just have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you know before then, you know it, you got like what happened? Nothing, you know, nothing, nothing goes with anything. So I was like, you know, this is crazy. You know, the only reason I even have to breed rodents is because of these damn ball pythons and, you know, the whole right. rodent operation. So that's like a whole nother, you know, job in and of itself. And I was like, sure. you know what? I'm cutting back and getting rid of everything that is not at least Het Ultramel. So that's pretty much what my collection is, is, you know, it's very, very slim down now, the ball pythons. I got just kept what I thought was just the, you know, cream of the crop of what I had. And, sure. uh, you know, just just doing it like that, it's a lot more fun because you know when you get when you get to have so many, it just becomes work, and then it's not fun anymore, and it's like, why well, am I doing this? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've struggled with that question as well, so I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel your pain. Um, yeah. So, what about the uh, tiger stripe project? What's the you know? I I guess maybe start with. I'm not too familiar. I've heard that before, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like what's the background on that? Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I'm not, I don't really know too much about it either. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a Rico Walder uh, bloodline. He, I believe started the first, you know, had the, the, the founding animal. It was Uh a a female. Um, And I, I, to be honest with you, there probably, I'm sure there are people out there who could tell you what, what, you know, what, what he crossed to get that. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, sure. So, but yeah, he, he started it. It's kind of like a, um, you know, a lot of them are high yellow. Uh, if I had to describe what, you know, the, the majority of them look like it's high yellow with black speckles. Um, oh, and they, you know, they do, wow. they do have some green, they do have some oranges and um, you know, kind of just a good, uh, like what I call a high contrast, uh, you know, kind of like lots of different colors. That's that's what I've always liked. Um, lots of different colors in in one animal. So you'll have some, right. you know, they'll be they'll be kind of like I would say a yellow yellow base with uh, you know, black or orange or green. Um, kind of kind of speckled in. Um, okay. but, but you know, mainly a lot of yellow and a lot of black. Gotcha. Okay. So that you know. That that uh, Rico started, um, or the line originated with him, and um, I've got uh, I don't know two two adult females that uh, I picked up from my buddy Chris Hate, and um, he got them. I can't remember if he produced them or if he got them directly from Rico, uh, but those are those are kind of my two. Uh, two you know females that i've been using and they're both i think they're like oh nine animals maybe so they're they're coming up on 10 years old now i've gotten a couple clutches out of each one and you know held back uh i don't know a large percentage of the babies so right um i've got a lot of a lot of my holdback stuff is tiger stripe gotcha 
So that, yeah, that's kind of that line. And then, you know, the other stuff, the other, other project that I have is the Calico stuff, which is more, you know, a little more well, well known, I guess you could say. So hmm. what's, as far as, yeah. what would constitute a Calico as opposed to, I mean, is it, is there certain colors? Is there amount of colors or is there certain, no, you know, uh, we were talking and there, there was a thread in one of the condro groups about this the other day. And, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's got their, everyone's got their own opinion. Um, and, okay. and mine is, and mine is just that my, my opinion. Um, okay. but you know, some people consider Calico a phenotype, right? I, I, okay. I personally have always considered it a bloodline. So right. there are, there are animals, you know, to me, it has to go back to, um, has to trace back the lineage, has to trace back to the uh, three or four animals that Greg Maxwell used to establish the line. Gotcha. And so that makes sense. Be, yeah, so there's going to be animals that are totally green, and you know what? To me, those are calicos if they go back to the bloodline. And there's animals that Versace has produced that are, you know, crazy, look like uh, confetti. and. Right. Those are those are not calicos, just because they're not you know they're not they're not their different bloodlines. Um, so okay. you know it's a it's it's a it's a uh, I don't know to say if it's a, a debate, but it's up to you know it's up for up for discussion you know interpretation uh, we'll say it, yeah. exactly you know yeah. up for yeah. interpretation. So, so basically, it's like the tiger carpet python. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tiger carpets are striped carpets, but if they're not from Jason Balin's, you know, bloodline, then I don't call them tigers. They're striped carpets. They're just stripes. Yep. But it's not a, it's not a tiger. Not a tiger. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Same 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 thing. thing. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, Yeah. So it's funny, funny that you asked that because, like I said, there was there was just a a thread on one of the groups here. I can Maybe imagine how that week. went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. <laughs> I'm sure it went great. We, I, I think we mention um, on this program so often how much of when at, at, at ICAST when Daniel and Latouche got up there and started talking about there being like the four different species of chondros and how everyone's yeah. stuff was all hybridized. I think we've yeah. talked about that on this show of how that room turned on him so quickly. Like, you know, <laughs> get we did him, that, we that all the time. Like, burn him. It's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, that happened fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always, I've always personally been, uh, I guess you would, you would call me a lumper. Uh, right. As opposed, as opposed to a splitter. Um, okay. God, those, you that's know, that's what they're Lumpers and yeah. splitters, I forgot. That. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm always, you know, um, and it's I guess maybe because I I I come at it from a different, uh, you know, it just all depends on what you're into and why you're into it. And some people, you know, really uh, like the idea of having a uh, having or keeping snakes that you could go to, you know, Papua New Guinea and find one that looks like that. Um, right. And, or, or you know. Yeah, or, or knowing where it came from, or what locality it came from, and you know, I get it. That's you know, uh, I I've, I've never really been into that side of it. You know, for me, it's always just been about eye candy. 
I want the coolest <laughs> looking thing. And, you know, I don't care if it's a mutt. I don't care if it's, you know, pure locality. I, I don't, you know. So to me, whether they split, G, you know, they split green trees into Viridus and Azurius or whatever the other, you know, two subspecies he was talking about, it's not going to change what I do in my room. Um, right, right. You know, just because I'm, I'm coming at it from a different angle, you know, uh, as far as, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to produce and, you know, what I like and what makes me, you know, what makes me tick. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's not that, uh, you know, um, the locality is a cool thing and it's a cool, you know, it's a cool, uh, I, I do like it cause it, you know, I've learned, um, I forget what talk it was. It might've even been at ICAS, uh, where somebody was talking about how, um, through snakes, you know, you, you learn about other things like geography and like, you know, so, sure. so yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 it's, it's cool in that regard that, you know, I, I, I probably know, um, well, I know, I know that I could identify more Indonesian islands than the average person. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people probably couldn't even tell you where Indonesia is. You know, any, yeah, any yeah, island that, in Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, also true. So uh, uh, yeah. So you know, it, it's just a, it's just an, a, you know, an a, a opinion thing. And it's, again, you know, what what you like, and um, you got to work with what you like. That's 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 rule number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think with with <clears throat> I'm kind of the same way with my approach to carpets. It's kind of the same thing, you know. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I want to keep this stuff that's you know just keep this line around so I have this stuff and then we'll keep it that way. But come on, man, you can't beat this. You know, when you pop out something that's crazy looking and some kind of crazy you know color and pattern and all this stuff, yeah, yeah. Like we saw uh, albino bread lie. Uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago oh, wow. we were talking about it on the show and yeah. holy shit. And yeah. everybody was like, Oh my God, what is that? And I'm like, ah, it's a, it's a cross. So but then you can't take away from how cool that is though. I mean, it looks right. cool. I really can't. You know? Yeah. 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 And you it's, want- you know, it's kind of the same, same thing with my emeralds, you know, um, I, I, I love, uh, I love emeralds, and you, know, you guys were talking before the show about how there is that crossover in the arboreal world that doesn't, you know, really uh, exist a whole lot. Um, right. Uh, and mm-hmm. other, you know, other other worlds of of you know herp uh, keeping herbs. Um, right. But you know, for for, for me, um, I, I love emeralds almost as much as as chondros. Uh, I, I, I think they're actually probably a little bit easier, a little bit hardier. Um, a little bit easier to keep and breed. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't, you don't have any of the, they seem to be more bulletproof if you get good ones and, you know, they're well established and all that. Um, gotcha. but for me, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, a Northern, a Northern Emerald that's got a bunch of, you know, gray markings up the back. I don't like that. You know, I want right. it to be white. I don't want any sooty gray smudges on it. You know, I want it to be nice, clean, green, crisp, white. And, you know, the way you get those is by breeding a base into a northern. And, you know, so I would say most of the emeralds that I have produced have been, uh, have been you know, essentially they're hybrids. Uh, you know, they, they call, people call them crosses, but, you know, I guess if you get technical about it, it's a base CI by, by caninus. Um, right. 
And, you know, to me, it's an emerald tree boa, you know, I don't, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I like, you know, I like, you know, again, I just like, you know, like what I like and breed for what I like and um, whether they're, you know, somebody, somebody somewhere decided that they needed to be separate species, you know, that's, that's great. But uh, it doesn't, you know. Doesn't affect you and your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm not too, I mean, you know, I'm not too familiar with, uh, Emerald tree boas as far, but I, I was just looking at some of your animals earlier and like, you know, to me, the, my favorite chondro is, you know, that, that Meraki, uh, you know, uh, green snake with the white stripe, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so like yeah. when I'm looking yeah. at your emeralds, I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I just want it in a chondro, but man, they're bad. <laughs> so it's a no, no to cross those two. Is that uh, kind of how it is in the Emerald tree boa world? Yeah, for the most part, it, it depends who you ask. You know, oh, okay, okay. I mean, like, good answer. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a no-no because I, you know, I, I like them, and right. you know, I, I, I produce them. I got the idea from Rico, who got right. it. You know, I believe uh, I don't think he was even the first one to do it. This was, this was before. Uh, I think I don't know when Batei was officially split off from you know as its own um, species, but you know I, I'm positive that when I got into the hobby they were just emerald tree boas. They were all canines, right? Um, and, and I've got you know like I can't I, it, if I could produce a hundred of them, I think I could probably sell a hundred of them. Um, right. Yeah. So there there obviously are people that like them and people pay a premium for them. So you know, whether it's a no-no or not just kind of depends on who you ask. There's some people that are like me that would, you know, um, pay a premium for it. And there's probably other people who wouldn't take the snake for free, you know, <laughs> kind of depends on. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, man. And, and that's the thing. Do you think that hybridization when they were at one point combined and then were split up after they were already were in herpticulture, do you think that people are a little, maybe a little bit more forgiving of those things, as opposed to the ones that came in separate, like completely separate, and then were crossed? Yeah, I think possibly, you know, because I've never, yeah. like, I, I don't like, um, you know, like I'm not gonna gonna try to cross a a, a carpet and a ball or a, you know, something right. that's just you don't completely want, on the you you don't want a jag spider carpal. I yeah. mean, I can't no. imagine why you wouldn't want that. <laughs> No, I don't. Um, yeah, no, no, so, no. <laughs> not that I. Not that there's anything wrong with those. Um, no, no. There's if, lots if, of things wrong with the jag spider <laughs> carpal. There are. So maybe the fact that it's with, a white dead snake. Carp- maybe a I jag, don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, there are so many things. But anyway, yeah, right. I got you. I yeah, know you yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't judge. So, so if if that's what you like, you know, hey, more more power to you. Breed them up. Um, right. But you know, I, I'm not trying to make like a Frankenstein. You know, something that's just completely, uh, you know, <laughs> like out a con- there, you know, like chondro in a short tail. <laughs> yeah. Oh my exactly. god. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Not even now. Like, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have I have tried. Uh, to to pair a chondro and a ball before nothing's ever happened. What? And, and okay. Why? I have. Yeah. I did it strictly for you know this is gonna sound bad, but I did it strictly yeah. for uh, for troll value 
Um, I was like, no, <laughs> think about it. That's awesome. Think about the talent. That's the next think level the of troll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> All right. Who oh, did you shit. do this to? Like, why were we trolling these Mercer people? <laughs> the internet exploded that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just hoping to, like, get a picture of him locked up or something and just, you know, that, that would just nice. make such a great post. So oh, what did you yeah. use? A male, a male chondro and a and a female yeah. ball python? Okay. Oh yeah, wow. of course. You'd never use a female chondro for that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. there are certain much, lines that you don't cross, right? Yeah, right. whoa, now. <laughs> How much hate did you get? Like, I mean, was it like instantaneous ire, or well, like what? I, ne- well, it never, I, it never, I, it never happened. Like, I put them together, and nothing, uh, ever, you know, nothing ever happened. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can imagine that it would be. Uh, I don't think you even oh, have shit. to get a lock. I think if you just put them in a cage and said, "Look what I'm trying to do," I'm pretty sure that uh, like people will jump to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. I can see uh, Bill Stiegel now. He's just put on his uh, his glasses that he uses to like when he's sexing oh, snakes. You know those sexing, doctor yeah. glasses that he's got, <laughs> and he's like he's saying, "Excellent, excellent." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the switch. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, awesome. So that's yeah, cool. So, <clears throat> yeah, you know, like I said, I, I but I, I think I think to to answer your your question, I do think that it's probably uh, less frowned upon if um, it's animals that you know. I mean, obviously, chondros back in the day when people like Trooper and Eugene Bissett and you know had first started trying to breed them. There was no, right. there was no, def, there was definitely no separate species. I mean, there was really no right. localities. There was, you know, there was just a green tree python. Um, right. So, you know, you think about that and for, you know, pedigrees go back to the, you know, mid seventies, um, you know, and then whatever, five years ago or however, whenever they split, I don't, I don't really keep up with all that, but whenever, uh, you know, so. So I guess for 25 years, all of a sudden, because somebody wrote a paper saying that their, you know, their DNA is different. Now all these are hybrids. Well, right. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, all right. That's only cool. going to change anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with, with Emerald tree boas, what's like the biggest dip? Well, besides one's eggs and one's live bearing, what's the biggest difference between keeping the two? You're saying that emeralds are a little bit hardier. I always thought that they were. Yeah. Uh, actually, they they are. difficult. Yeah. No, I think okay. I think they're actually hardier in, in my experience. Um uh-huh. you know, they're 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 bigger, uh a yeah. lot bigger. Um a lot more of a robust animal. Um you know, the the uh I've never had one get sick. Um wow. even, you know, during actually I have I've had one get sick. Uh but you know, right. chondros, especially especially females, you know, for whatever reason you can have a chondro that's bulletproof and it's a female. And then like you even think about, you put a male in the cage and the thing, you know, seriously, that's just how it goes sometimes, I, you know, yeah. uh, br- uh, I guess breeding them is so, you know, taxing on their, on their body that uh, sometimes, you know, you can have a perfectly healthy snake and, um, 
you know, you, you breed it or cycle it, and the damn thing comes down with a respiratory infection, or you know, hell, sometimes they just, mm-hmm. you know, roll on you. Um, right. Yeah. And you know, that just doesn't seem to happen, at least not with me. For with with emeralds, they're not okay. as uh, they're not as uh, uh, delicate like that. Now, that's not to say that they're like you know a ball python, but you know they do. Um, and it's, I think it's the same thing. I use this analogy a lot. It's like, you know, once you get the, 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 your husbandry dialed in, they're right. fine. They're, they're, a, a chondro is no harder to keep than a ball python. But the problem sure. is, is when you slip up, they're just not as forgiving. Right, um, right. And uh, I have found that emeralds are a little bit uh, less apt to get sick, a little bit, um, you know, they just – they don't prolapse. They don't, right. um, you know, mm-hmm. they don't. Prolapsing isn't a problem, which you know is a, is something that you know really plagues condors, especially babies. Um, right. Prolapsing is a you know a thing that, and, and, you know, not like it has been for me, but like Bill uh, uh, Stegall, he he's never had a prolapse, which to me is unbelievable because I have several every every year. So I don't right, know if right. you know um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try his. Uh, Try some of his uh, uh, husbandry techniques this year and see if that changes anything. Um, you know, I, a lot of people. I don't think we really know exactly what causes prolapses. Um, a lot of you know, it's, it's, some people think it's you know due to meal size, or it could be you know dehydration, or it could be you know um, any number of, of, of things. But Bill keeps all his babies on um, you know with a water substrate, so, right? They're a lot yeah. less uh, less apt to get dehydrated. So I'm going to give that a shot this year and just see how it goes. I haven't done that yet because it seems like it would be uh, a lot more work than just keeping them mm-hmm. on paper towels, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give it a shot and just see, you know, see what happens. Okay. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd spill it on myself at least once or twice while doing that <laughs> if I had to do that kind of crap, so – I totally understand. Like, it's the, I don't really, I'm not sure if I really want to do this because I really don't want to be going upstairs every day, like, soaking wet, being like, well, the snakes are clean. Like, you know, that's, right. I got that. So, yeah. yeah, but it would sure beat prolapse, you know? So if that's that is the key, true. That, I see that. <laughs> yeah. I'll get wet I see all day. That double-edged sword. Yeah, I see that double edged right. sword there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is the breeding seasons the same as far as uh, green trees? Are yeah. you seasonal? Do you do seasonal or like all yeah. year breeding yep. type of deal? No. Okay. I'm seasonal. seasonal. Okay. So, I mean, okay. With, with the room, with the room being set up the way it is, that's really the only way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's the only way I can, I can do it really. Uh, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to cycle things, but um, yeah, sure. everything's seasonal. Uh, they do seem to follow a, a, a pattern. So, like, every year, um, the chondros will start breeding in early winter. So, like, that's, like, late November, December. Um, right. And, and they, always seem to, uh, they always seem to produce first. So, my first clutch of the year, you know, 75% of the time is always a chondro clutch. Um, gotcha. And then the, the, the ball pythons kind of fall you know, somewhere in between, they'll start breeding a little bit later. And, you know, I'm not, it doesn't get it uh, here in Alabama, you know, the, the temperatures are, are not as, 
I'm not able to cool my room as early as like you guys are. Um, right. So, you know, right. I don't have I don't have any air conditioning so in the room. So it's just you know if it's hot outside or we have a you know uh, a longer fall and you know because it's got to get really cold outside before I can get my room you know cooled down even to the low 70s. Um, so gotcha. you know if we have a long you know if we have a long fall or you know whatever. Um, I just I can't I can't cycle things. Um, so my uh, ball pythons in particular seem to run pretty good bit later than most everybody else. Um, and then the emeralds are kind of, you know, in between. I, actually, I would, I would say that out of all the litters I've had, I would say probably 80% of them have, have, have been born in the, you know, mid-September to mid-October range. So oh, wow. that means that you see the females ovulating, um, you know, around April and it's usually mm-hmm. April or May and it's usually about 150, 150, 155 day gestation, um, you know, depending on what temperature you keep them. And, you know, some people say basins go longer than northerns and, uh, you know, mine of most of mine, I've, I've never produced a pure northern clutch I've pro- or litter. I've produced um, uh, one one litter, uh, one or two, one one or two litters of pure basins, and then everything else that I've produced thus far has been uh, crosses. Okay. Northern basin, okay. northern crosses, and I've done that um, using uh, a, a just a you know fifty fifty to fifty fifty. I've done fifty fifty to uh, to basin. I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty-fifty. I'm sorry. I've done fifty-fifty uh, to northern. Um, okay. So, uh, and you would think that the higher the mm-hmm. basin percentage, the crazier the babies end up looking. But in my experience, uh, the seventy-five percent northerns have been the ones that are the most uh, extreme, meaning that they have really? you know a ton, a ton of white. Yeah. Yeah, that cool. is weird. I I would not have pegged that. I would have figured, like you said, the other direction. Yeah, and I don't know if that just happened to be just you know this particular pair that I have that you know there's just mm. you know they just kind of mix up well or um, I don't know. I know there's there, you know there's obviously there's been other people who have uh, um, you know done the crosses and I don't know what their what their experience is. I don't know if maybe you know like I said I might have just kind of gotten lucky with this. Um, you know, with this, with the pair that I've used to, to, to produce most of those, um, really extreme animals, but, uh, all the really extreme animals that I've produced have been, um, 75% northern, 25% basin. Gotcha. And, uh, and now I don't have any, I don't have any, any northerns. Unfortunately, I, I had a, a really nice, uh, Miss Willie line, which that's a that's a, I don't know if you guys how much you know about yep. Emerald Bloodline, but you know Miss yep. Willie's a kind of a, um, one of the more well known uh, bloodlines originated from I believe a guy named Paul Lord, and then uh, went through Rico's you know Rico's collection. He produced quite a few of them, and now uh, Ryan Wilson's got um, probably him him and or, or Forrest Fanning. Um, between the two of them, they've got, you know, most of the ones that are known. There's probably still uh, some out there that, you know, people who are just more, you know, more private or 
not on social media or whatever that uh, have them, but as far as, you know, um, the kind of more people who are out there, um, most uh, most of the, of the ones that are left are with those two guys. So gotcha. uh, I had, and that was the female that I used that um, produced all my really extreme animals. And unfortunately this year after, I guess it was last year, 18, um, she gave me a really nice clutch, probably her nicest one yet. And uh, mm. she just never never got back on food and just ended wow. up losing her a couple, couple months later. Um, so uh, with her, I just had I just had one other I had one other pure northern animal that was a male, and he was really super nice animal from Ed Marino uh, before he kind of got out of working with northerns and started focusing on uh, just basins. Um, this was one of the last animals he'd produced, and. Uh, as much as I liked him, you know, I I didn't want to just keep him here and not give him a chance to, you know, spread those right. genes around. So sure. uh, <laughs> Ryan Wolf, Ryan has got him, and hopefully he'll do some good good stuff with him. But you know, so everything that I have now is either pure basin or uh, a cross of some sort. Gotcha. You think that's where you're going to stay, like with that kind of stuff, just a pure basin yeah. across? Yeah. 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 Cool. So what are you after as far as, like, I would assume you're doing some selective breeding as far as those projects go. Are you trying to get a white stripe? Because I see some of your animals have, like, really big, I guess you would call them diamonds. I don't know. They look like shark teeth <laughs> on yeah. the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're uh, – so the, the, the goal started off with the cross pairings was just to produce animals that – did not have the black kind of sooty markings that Northerns have. I wanted gotcha. just a, a, an animal that had nice, clean white all the way up the neck to the head. And, you know, Got there's it. a lot of Northern, a lot of Northerns out there, even some of the really, really nice ones where you get towards the tail and they've just got these enormous, just big, clean white markings. And as you go up the neck and get closer to the head, they just turn gray. And um, so, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, you inject the, 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 the basin blood in there, and it really just cleans it up. Now, I've got a few that um, uh, that are, I guess they're coming up on three years old now, and they, they're also 75% northern, 25% basin, and they have just like the very, very faintest uh, what looks like a, like a one-scale stripe. It's not, not continuous. It's broken up. Um, but you can see that kind of coming through, um, gotcha. which is, which is a little odd because, you know, for, for most of those cross pairings do not have striping. Um, they've got big, clean white markings, but they don't have, uh, they're, they're not connected. Um, and these are not connected either, but they're just, you know, you can, you can see that, uh, you, you just look down the back and like, you know, every couple inches, there's like a little one scale stripe that may go, you know, five, 10 scales and then it stops. And then we'll be a little bit further down. There'll be another one. So gotcha. you know, who, who knows what, what that'll happen, you know, what'll happen. But I guess the plan going forward is either just to do, you know, cross across or, uh, or, or breed, ba- you know, maybe try to breed, um, some basin, like a nice striped basin into those females and see if you can get the stripes come out more. I um, mean, at some point, right. it's just like, you know, just get a basin, you know. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
but uh, uh, so you know, to, to me, the ones that are are the coolest are the ones that look like crosses. You know, that that just right. have that look that you, that you don't get from from a pure basin or a pure northern. Wow. So, cool. <clears throat> um, are the babies a little easier to establish than uh, oh, what yeah. you have to do with Condra? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Way easier. Um, I mean, it's like pretty much no effort. Uh, you basically <laughs> that's just nice. Get a, <laughs> just uh, that. That's yeah. got to be a wonderful uh, breath of fresh air. It's yeah. It's crazy, man. You just throw a live hopper in there, and uh, you know, you get let them Done. eat. Let them eat three or four or five meals. And then, uh-huh. um, then I'll kind of starve them for about a month, and then offer frozen thawed, and like ninety percent of them take it like right off the bat. Right, that's great. Yeah, huh. so it's not like not like uh, not like chondros at all. Which, right, um, you know, that's that is the most challenging thing about them. You know, br- keeping them <laughs> is is fi- fairly easy. Breeding them pretty easy. Hatching the eggs is you know. I mean, yeah, they're not like again, they're not ball pythons, but they're right. they're not super crazy difficult. But you know, where the rubber meets the road is getting a baby established. That right. is uh, by, by far the hardest and most challenging part of working with that species. Do you what's have any your, like oh, trick? What's your what's your go to trick for getting a chondro that is uh, a baby chondro to actually go? Well, good, the, what I started doing a couple – I don't know who figured this out or how they figured it out, but it's kind of been a you know pretty well-known uh, fact that, you know, for whatever reason, uh, chick down. Um, mm-hmm. They really like the smell of chick down, so, which is weird because, you know, baby chondros are definitely not eating birds in the wild. Um, right. They're just – they're so yeah. small. Uh, but for whatever reason, the, the chick scent um, – really gets them so you know now it used to be or i would like you know try to you know basically torture myself for you know like a month trying to sit there and you know you know it's a dark room (laughs) and i've got my my one little i've got my one little you know heat light on and i'm sitting there you know in my chair and i've got a rack and you know probably a a beer or, or 12 and you know i'm trying to you know, sit there and tease feed, tease feed, tease feed. And it's just like you sit there and you spend 20 minutes working on one snake and it doesn't eat. And then, uh, uh, so a couple, a couple, a couple of years ago, I just started doing right off the bat, chick scent first try, no matter what. So now, I, I start them all off on chick scent. Chick scent? And just that, right off the bat? Yeah, right off the bat. Don't even try without it. Um, right. Okay. And, and uh, I've, Find that with that, I probably have a 75% uh, hit rate on the first uh, on the first try. You know, you're gonna that's have some bad. that are. That's, yeah. that's good for con. That's good chondro numbers. You know, yeah, Jesus. Totally. <laughs> um, and then you know you're gonna have some animals that are gonna be more skittish and flighty, and those are always the ones that are the hardest uh, to get you mm-hmm. know to get going. Um, right. Just because you can't, you know, you can't. Uh, they they you open the tub and they're immediately on guard and they just you know you touch them and they you know jump off the perch and I, ha- I had one this past year man that that it was easily the hardest one I've ever like I'd be sitting there trying to trying to tease feed it and the thing would just like 
you know, freak out and actually like jump on the tongs and like start climbing up the tongs and trying to, you know, just trying <laughs> to escape. Um, so, you know, you do get those. Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's pretty challenging. And then, you know, if they go a month or so and you can't, the chicks end doesn't work and then you go to the, you know, pink heads, um, right. which, you know, you just kind of get them to, uh, there's really no magic to it being a pink head. It's not like a scenting thing or anything. It's just like you, you get that in their mouth and you don't have to like force it in and they can't, right. it's difficult for them to spit it out, you know, cause there's nothing, mm-hmm. to, 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 they can't get any traction on it because it's all in their mouth. So they'll right. sit there and, you know, rub it on the paper towel or rub it on the side of the cage for five or 10 minutes. And finally they just give up and swallow it. And then after a couple times of that, then, you know, uh, another percentage of them will, you know, kind of come online and uh, take off from that point. Um, you find that, like, once you get the – once a baby takes, you know, how many meals do you feel confident in, like, that it's pretty solid at that point? Is there a number? Does it depend on – Yeah, I mean, it really just depends. You know, I don't typically sell it – well, I don't really sell babies anymore, period, unless I've just gotten, you know – overrun right. them, which that hasn't, right. ha- mm-hmm. hasn't happened in, in, in a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the general rule is 10, 10 good feedings um, before, you know, I would feel comfortable selling it to selling something to a beginner. Um, you know, obviously if I'm selling it to somebody that I know is experienced or, you know, whatever, then you, know, you, you can kind of tell, you know, you can kind of sure. tell from the very first <clears throat> feeding. Some of them are just yeah. going to be really aggressive great feeders right from the very beginning and you know you just you know i mean you open the tub and they're like coming out of the tub you know wanting to, to strike and then there's others that pose. Can, yeah yeah i mean you can get them yeah. to eat every time but it takes five minutes or you know um yeah. usually once they hit the six month six months once they once they get up to like hopper hopper or fuzzy my fuzzy or hopper mouse size then, you know, once you're pretty much home free at that point, they're all, you know, what, what I call sight feeding, which, you know, they're just looking to open, you open the tub at night and they're just looking to, to bite whatever you put in front of them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> First thing in the door. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, so, okay, cool. So you do, you do, uh, Amazon, uh, not, I mean, uh, yeah. What the hell am I saying? I'm <laughs> saying. I have no Amazon idea. Amazon Trebo too. Amazon Trebo. I was going to say like, Amazon Trebo, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, we talked no, about yeah. wait, no, no. We talked emeralds. Okay. We talked emeralds. Yeah, we didn't I talk did, Amazon. I've got got some. I've just got a small trio of Amazons that um, actually my, my my buddy Chris and I own them. We, we went in together and, and bought a really nice trio. Um, I've got 1.1 calicos and then a female uh, tiger. Um, which Ooh. I believe those are all codom, uh, codom morphs. Um, yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm still a little bit shaky on how the genetics work, but I think they're all, uh, I think those are all codom, uh, codom mutations. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there is a, uh, I say I'm a little shaky cause I don't, I don't know if there's like a super calico or a super tiger um, like there is like, you know, like a typical, you know, uh, carpet or ball right. python codom. Sure. You know, you've got a super form. 
and I, I'm, I'm not sure that there are super forms of these. So I don't know if codon is actually the, you know, correct, correct term, word. but I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's what most people call them. Uh, but, um, so yeah, they're, you know, they're really cool too. They're kind of like a, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, the calicos are really cool, very red, uh, red animals. And I've got, um, my, my, uh, our big female, she's got a lot of red. She's also got this real, uh, dark velvety black that, um, you know, probably from two thirds of her body to the tail, uh, I'm sorry, from about a third of the way down to the tail is, I would say, mostly black and really wow. super iridescent and shiny. And I mean, not like Boland's kind of kind of level, but, um, you know, that's like the closest thing I could think of to, to describe it. You know, it's just a real, real, real black, real velvety, iridescent kind of kind of look. Um, and then the tiger is basically a, you know, kind of like a, a dull orange snake with um, dark red or orange kind of racing stripes that go all the way yeah, down. That, that thing is Jesus. cool, man. <laughs> that is I just cool. posted a picture from your Instagram over in the chat, and that that that, that turns heads, man. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, yeah, they're 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 cool, and they're you know they're 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 uh, a lot more. From what I can, you know, this is my first experience with them. I've never really kept them. Maybe when I was a kid, I had a few um, sure. as I was working, working my way up to emeralds, but um, have not kept any. And, you know, except for these, uh, for, these are pretty much my first ones. Um, so I don't really know, you know, uh, I know these have been bulletproof. Um, they've been very hardy, hadn't had any problems with them. They've been super easy to, you know, just keep them like everything else in the room. Um, sure. You know, a couple bad sheds, you know, uh, just from not either, you know, uh, especially the tiger. For whatever reason, that, that orangey kind of yellowy color, it's when they go in the mm. blue, it's not as obvious. So if you're not paying really close attention, you could overlook that they're opaque, and then, you know, you let the cage dry out and have a bad shed. That's that's, that's about the worst that's happened. Um, gotcha. You know, it's soak them overnight, and then they, they get it off. Good to go. Uh, so so. How would you compare them to like the emeralds? Are they easier, harder, about the same? Because I always felt like you I said you say, work your way up to emeralds by working with these yeah, guys. Yeah, mainly I think that's because of a because of the cost. You know, the cost right. are a lot more affordable. Yeah. You know, you could get you can get a nice Amazon for you know, hell, you can get a nice garden phase captive bred animal for probably you know one hundred fifty two hundred bucks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whereas a captive bred emerald, you're going to pay, you know, a lot more than that. So a lot right. of people start off with the Amazons. If anything, I would say they're a little bit harder only because okay. of their uh, temperament. Like right. mine are not, they're not like super aggressive. Like they're not going to like try to uh, like go out of their way to bite or anything, but they're right. extremely aware of what's going on like you know um chondros emeralds like you know it's not uncommon to walk into my room and you know every single one of them is in the same spot that they've been in for the last five days the the, right. the amazons are a lot more active and like sometimes i'll come in the room and turn the light on and you'll see all three of them immediately go off the perch and go in their high box or 
you know, like when I had them in tubs and I was growing them up, like, you know, an emerald or a chondro, you open its tub during the day. As long as you don't touch it, it's going to, like, pretty much just stay perched. Ignore you. But the, yeah. Yeah. But these guys, no, you take the perch out, and they're all over the place. They're, you know, right. kind of in the – they're on guard, you know. They're um, kind of got the, you know, S, S, S curve and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. They're just they're 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 a lot more high strung, so for that reason, I would say they're you know uh, em- emeralds are like big and dopey uh, compared <laughs> compar- comparatively, you know. Right. right. They're just slower. Awesome. They're 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 a lot fatter. They're chunkier. They're slow moving. Um, whereas the Amazon, you know, especially for like a a beginner, you know, you probably don't want a snake that's going to be on guard all the time like that, you know, it's going to be yeah, kind of no. more high strung and, and more high strung and flighty. Uh, right. So, you know, for that, for that reason only, I would say that they're uh, maybe a little more difficult, but, and, and I think, you know, from what I've, from what I've um, read and gathered, they're probably a little more forgiving of husbandry mistakes or, you know, uh, things like that. But, you know, again, you get the setup dialed in and that's really not a, not a concern unless you, you know, unless right. you either overlook something or, you know, you have a thermostat malfunction or, you know, you know, right. different things that can happen. But <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to, I think, uh, shit, now I just lost my train of thought. Damn it. I, I have no idea what you're trying to do here. <laughs> yep. Damn. Damn. Um, the hell was I just gonna ask? I don't know. Go ahead. I have no idea. It'll <laughs> <laughs> give me. A, oh, I, I know mean, what I was gonna ask. Never mind. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. I, I was flipping. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was flipping through your page, and it was like animals that you worked with before, and I saw you had ring pythons yeah. on there. Yeah. Did you? Good. Yeah. Did you ever breed them? I did not. No, I couldn't take the. Uh, I could not take the. Those were. By far, the messiest snakes I've oh, ever no. kept. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it was terrible. <laughs> like you okay. feed them and they shit every day for five days afterwards, and they just yes. smear it all over everything. And yeah, they yeah. It and I was yeah, like, yeah. man, you know what? These guys are not for me. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, that they're... was my experience with the ring pythons. Okay. Did you ever make it to adult size, or was it yeah as babies? Yeah, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, as babies, it's easy. You know, it's easy to right. clean a tub, but when you've got a a four cage. or five footer <laughs> and it's a cage and there's you know smeared 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 with on the glass. Shit, right? yeah. yeah. Yep. Like nah, I think I'm I think I'm good. Uh, okay. Good. And I, I've what about heard they're, they're pretty hard to get established too. They're like a lot of work to yeah, get them. Yeah. You know. So yeah, once I think they're like you know it's probably similar to like chondros. Once you get them going, they're good. Same with blackheads, right? right? Like it's right. getting them right. going is the, the difficult yep. part, you know. Yep. So probably because they eat geckos in the wild or something like that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What about uh, short tails? I mean, you don't work yeah. with them anymore, but you you did in the past. Or, I or did. Yeah. Cool I did. Work for. Yeah, no, no, I don't the, have. 
don't have them anymore. I had a nice, uh, super nice trio of them for a while. Um, I yeah. got, I got cool. one. I think one came from uh, from Keith McPeak back when he used to nice. work with them. And then, nice. Um, I'm trying to remember who I got the other ones from. I, I don't know. I had I had I had uh, 1.2 of them, and right. uh, Brett produced a clutch or two, and you know. For me, with them, like my, you know, I know that a lot of people say that they're not like this, but man, all three of mine were just complete psycho. Like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was insane. Yeah. I hated mine. (laughs) They were just, um, like, I couldn't, you couldn't pick them up. Like, you couldn't, without getting bit. Like, you couldn't couldn't reach in the cage and get them, and then they don't, they don't ride a hook, so you can't hook them. Nope. Um, they just jump off the hook and, you know, they, they, they spray you. And I mean, they so their, they throw the ribs out. So you can't like one hand underneath them. Cause they just bounce no. right off. No. Yeah. yeah. I dropped, <laughs> they, they, my, they, I dropped they, mine off at Matt Minotola's. I'm like, they, I don't like this thing anymore. So yeah, that was, yeah, but, <laughs> they, they do now. this weird thing when you, when you hook them, they do this mm. thing where they like, it's almost like they straighten their body out really fast. Yeah. Almost like, like jump off the hook. So yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't hook them. And, you know, it's like every time I had to, you know, to, 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 you know, clean, which the good thing is they don't, you don't have to clean the cage very often. Twice a year or something like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the deal with them. You know, I did, I produced a, a clutch or two. I, most of my stuff was kind of like the uh, super stripe line. I think it was called. Which, sure. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a morph. I think it's kind of more like a bloodline thing, uh, like a polygenic trait. Um, but uh, so yeah, beautiful snakes. Um, you know, really cool to look at. Produced some nice babies, but you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't. You know, like didn't fit in. If, yeah. Yeah. You know, if I gotta, if I'm, if I'm dreading having to go down and clean the cage because I'm gonna get bit <laughs> or I'm gonna get, you know, sprayed in the face with urate or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that. Um, and that's yeah. like a ticking time bomb, man. You're holding that end, and you're just, you know, that that's lo- like a loaded gun. You know, it's just like it's ready to spray the shit out of you. Yeah, literally. Man, mine was, <laughs> man, mine was. I had one that was that was like uh, uh, marksman. Like it, it could like get you right in the face <laughs> every time. Oh, <laughs> it, go to hell! It's like a spitting cobra in like, reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a uh, like they just let it all go at once. It was like a little stream, like almost like a like you have a, a a spray bottle and you put it on like the stream setting, you know. Uh. It was just like a little stream of water. I mean, it could it could uh, that's what it did, and it did it every uh, time. Damn it! Oh, uh, that, that sounds like my Timor. <laughs> my one, my one Timor, you you touch it and it just starts leaking, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. To, yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> I didn't do oh, anything man. to you. I've, I've heard those guys are pretty messy too. Are they? It's yeah. It's weird. I I have two adult ones and they're horrible. But then I have three younger ones and the younger ones are much cleaner. And I'm like, I, is this really? learned behavior? What the hell's going on here? So, but it's you know, the male. If I when I when I hook the male, I purposely grab him like by the vent and like this is just like no please god don't do it because if i don't have my hand on his vent he's everywhere it's spraying all over 
And I yeah. love these animals, apparently. So I don't know what the hell's <laughs> wrong with me. So, yeah, yeah, likes they're torture. Really, I, I, they're really they beautiful. I, I uh, I've thought about thought about you know trying to. Uh, I, I've definitely thought about buying them at a show before. You know, it's like man, that's something that you don't see every day, and it's really cool. And then so I did a little more research on them. I was like, oh, you know. Owen <laughs> 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 oh, apparently doesn't do research. Yeah. So like, yeah. God. And it feels so delicate, yeah, I, like the ones that I oh, had. Yeah. Like you pick it up and you're like, you just know that if you like move the wrong way or something, you're getting sprayed. And you can feel like you can feel like the it's like a loaded gun, man. It's just like ready to go. Yeah. It, it feels like a yeah, like a balloon, work. water balloon or something, you know? Yes. Yes. God, them, exactly. Them and the retics. I wait I wait till they're in their hide boxes and then I pull the whole box out clean real quick and then put it back in. So yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> Oh, Owen, what are you gonna I, do when that thing's like fifteen feet? I don't worry about it. <laughs> oh good lord. That is future I, Owen's I, problem, all right? That guy's a jerk. So it's okay. I can hear it now. I, I, I'm sorry, li- I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, yeah, thought that I'd read something about how they uh, you clean the cage and they like to to dirty it like immediately afterwards. Immediately, yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. one of the things where um, I will I'll pull the bin with the Timor out. I'll clean the cage. I'll put it back. And sometimes as I'm putting it back, they're rocketing out of the out of the hide box to whip around their cage a couple like do a couple laps of the cage. Uh. So. Sometimes they'll go right out and they'll be like scared and they'll just pee or musk right on the fresh uh, stuff. So, yeah, yeah, they're going to be on dirt soon where I don't have to worry about such things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got about, what, 10 minutes. So, Owen, you can put the closing questions, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to check guitar for a second. OK, so give me a little bit. OK, like, quiet. <laughs> like, what's your what's what kind of music you into? What kind of music you play? What what's the deal with the with your music part? Um, you know, I I like uh, there's two kinds of music. There's good and bad. And, uh, <laughs> nice. I like you already. And yeah. <laughs> I, I like uh, I, I pretty much like some music from almost every genre. You know. Okay. Um, I like I like rock, obviously. You know, I'm I'm really into I like I like kind of jam bands. I like Fish. I'm a huge Fish fan. Widespread Panic. Yep. Um, you know, Grateful Dead. Um, I really like Dropkick Murphys, which is completely something different. Nice. I really like. Yep. I really like. Uh, uh, I saw a band a few weeks ago that um, I didn't even know existed, and they've been around for 20 years. They're called Gogol Bordello, and they're like. Okay. Uh, it's almost like uh, I think they're, the the genre that they classify themselves as is gypsy punk. So it's they've okay. got like, this Russian this Russian lead singer, and it's like a ten you know ten piece band with you know percussion and you know um, um, nice. violin and you know just cr- off the wall off the wall stuff. Uh, really like you know some classic rock, the Stones, um, you know the Beatles, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. You know, kind of, Favorite. kind of the whole gamut yep. of cla- classic rock. Um, I like old school hip hop. Um, okay. You know, really, really. When I was in high school, I was all into gangster rap. So I like okay. Ice Cube and NWA and you know Snoop, kind of the old school stuff. Never really got into 
Tupac or, or Biggie, um, but everything kind of pre that, Run DMC, you know, um, Digital Underground, really like that stuff. I really like uh, uh, Old School Country, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. Um, okay. You know, kind of, uh, like I said, the only thing that I don't, I could say that I don't like is like new country is, is about the worst thing that, that there is. Pop country. Um, yeah. Pop, pop country. Really yeah. not a big pop, you know, pop, uh, pop kind of, kind of, kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I like, um, anybody who's really good. You know, what I like about jam bands is that, um, all those guys are really great musicians. Um, yeah. so whether you like, you know, whether you like the, the style of music or not, I like that they can just get up on stage and improvise and, you know, no show is the same. Um, I think I've seen fish, you know, I don't know, 50 times or something like that. And, you know, no, no show is, is the same. They're all different. Right. Um, yeah. You know, they may, they may take a song you hate and jam it for 30 minutes, but that's just, you know, that's just part of it. You know, and then you may right. go to another show and then may play all your favorites, you know, you just never know. They change it up every night, um, which is what I right. like. Never, you know, never kind of, Never know what to expect. So very cool. Um, so yeah. And then as far as what I play, uh, haven't really been playing a whole lot um, lately. But we, uh, a couple of couple of friends, we're, we have a cover band, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the hardest thing about being in a band at this age is not playing the music. It's getting like you know four grown men that uh, to, play music. To, to, to yeah. play music. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's impossible. And, you know. <laughs> When somebody, you know, like when all four of us have the same uh, block of time that we can practice, it's like, oh man, holy shit, holy crap, you yeah. Know? <laughs> um, okay. So that's, you know, that's kind of the hardest part. But our our, our drummer uh, kind of moved houses, and that's where we, you know, we had a lot. That's where our practice spot was. So he okay. moved, and then you know, he he's been fixing his basement up, and finally just got everything fixed up because you know I'm I'm not gonna like uh, lug gear around. Um, <laughs> to go practice right. for a couple of hours, you know? So, yeah. um, now we have a setup where I can just, you know, we leave everything set up and I just show up with my guitar and leave all my, you know, amps and pedals and all that shit over there. Show right. up with the guitar, plug in, PA is ready to go. Just flip the switch and, you know, start playing. Um, the, the, the hour of setup pre and post is, is no fun. So, right. <laughs> um, because of that, we have not been pr- playing very much, but, you know, here in the last, uh, month, uh, we finally have our, our practice space back. And, uh, I think we've practiced maybe two, two or three times in the last, um, the last six weeks or so. So we're kind of trying to, trying to ease back into it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Favorite guitar player. Ooh, favorite guitar player. Wow. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, like, ever? Favorite guitar player ever? Yeah, ever. You have to Most one. inspirational to you. We're making this wow. difficult. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I guess I would, I guess I could, I would say, jeez, uh, um, I guess I would have to say probably, like, Dwayne Allman. Okay. Is, he's got, he's got to be up there. Um, okay. You know, I, I, w- I guess if I had to, if I had to say one, I would say him. Um, you know, top three, I would say Jimmy Page is up there. I would say uh, Trey Anastasio from Fish is up there. Um, uh, golly, who else? Uh, hmm. It's just it's so so hard to 
so hard to pick. I really like the slide. I know. Slide, slide kind of style. Slide. You know, I'm not really, not really good at it, but right. uh, but Dwayne Allman, Allman obviously was, you know, a master. Hell yeah. Uh, so, um, that yeah, I, I would say I would say that that's probably in Prince. You know, Prince is a is a freaking mm-hmm. monster. He's amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, just you know, all kinds of all kinds of styles. I like that how how versatile he was. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you could play everything from you know the pop prints that everybody knows, and you know then you listen to some old school stuff. Or if you ever get a chance, you should. Uh, there's a YouTube video of um, uh, I think it's George Harrison's induction into the Hall of Fame, and they're right. playing like there's like an all star cast like Tom Petty oh, up saw there, that. and yeah, uh, yeah, cool. and then. They're playing Amazing. while my gently weak. <laughs> yeah. And freaking oh. there's all these there's all these superstars on stage and Prince like just struts out there for just yeah. so he's like not not yeah. on stage when they're playing <laughs> the song. He just walks out like, you know, with like a freaking cheetah skin trench coat and his guitar and just <laughs> it. Right. <laughs> and then at the you know, at, when he's done, he just flings his guitar up in the air and Turns around and walks off stage, and I, I guess just somebody leave. comes up behind him and and, and, and catches it, you know. But right. Just Jesus. that whole like the whole showmanship and stage presence and all that. He he was uh, you know, he's up there too. Gotcha. Okay. And then cool. my, I guess my, I got two more questions. That first one, go to <laughs> acts. What's the what's the go to guitar? SG. 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 Okay. All yeah. right. I have no idea. Heavy what that strings, means. so heavy right. strings, <laughs> light strings. Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, uh, ten. You know, ten. 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 Okay. Medium? Yeah. That's medium. Okay. All right. All right. And yep. biggest gig you've ever, or coolest gig, whatever, however you want to phrase it, that you've ever played. Uh, probably here we have a. Uh, it's called Birmingham. It's called the Magic City. Uh, okay. And there's a Magic City Brew Fest that happens every year, and um, cool. It's in this old, uh, old uh, steel furnace, um, kind of just outside of downtown, and we've got to play it one year. And there's probably I'm gonna say maybe 2,500 people there, and nice, it's a pretty big, you know, pretty big uh, uh, venue. Um, mm. But when we played it, it freaking like was pouring down rain, so everybody was in, under the tent where we were. So oh, that was cool. Really cool. Yeah, so you know, it, usually at, a, at at an event like that, when you're playing, you're just kind of background noise, you know. But uh, right. at, at this one, um, everybody was kind of forced to listen to it, so it was kind of cool. So here, I, so I'm, I'll give you a quick story. When when I was, I think I was maybe 18, I played in this band with these older guys, and we played for this band. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're called uh, Townsend Toller Band. Did you ever hear of them? Okay, I, no, I haven't. Some, Somehow there's somebody from again I I probably should know this but somehow they're associated one of the guys that was in the Almond Brothers or something played in that band okay and I, and at the okay, time cool. I was like uh, here I am I'm 18 I'm like I, what who I I don't know who that is <laughs> like at the you know I was all in the shred <laughs> oh at the time God. they're sure. like you yeah. know you never heard the whipping post and I'm like nope never heard it you know it does it go like <laughs> You know, and they're like, no, and you know, then, then I got introduced to like, uh, I guess, 
more blues type of rock, which is kind of where yeah. I sit, you know, and uh, yeah. jamming that kind of thing, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, I I saw them and I was like, holy shit, that was like next level, but yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, I, right. I like blues, blues based stuff. If you ever, uh, you should check out the uh, there's a band called the North Mississippi All Stars. If you've never heard of them, North. Uh, okay, yeah, North Mississippi All Stars, like a hill country kind. Of, it's called hill country blues. Um, this is the kind of the, the 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 genre within blues that it's in, and uh, the guitar player is just amazing. He's kind of in that, you know, plays a lot of slide, a lot of finger kind of finger style, um, but electric. Oh, nice, right, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. And then I'm going to tell you, maybe or for all the guitar players that are out there, you should check out this. I, I just started watching it. I watched there's 63 episodes. I watched all 63 because they were so good. It's only like maybe wow. 15 minutes, right? But like when I'm running on the treadmill or whatever. But anyway, it's called What Makes This Song Great? And it's by Rick Beato. If you're into music at huh. all. You have to look this up and watch it. He covers all genres, all different types, and he breaks down the, the songs into like individual tracks. Us, uh, it's it's incredible. It's if you're into music, you will dig this. I I, I think you'll. And what, like what's it called? So, what makes the song? It's called. Great? Yeah, the 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 guy's channel. He his name is Rick Beato, and um, it's like I think his channel is actually called All Things Music, but he has like a series of videos, and it's called What Makes This Song Great. I mean, he goes from everybody from you know, uh, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, uh, Nirvana, Allison Chit, like every kind of the, the police, like just any hmm. kind of Tom Petty, like just if the song is cool, and then you're like that, yeah, you're listening to it, and you're like, oh shit, you know, you hear all these things that are like put in the mix that you don't hear, and like, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Check like it out, dive you'll like deeper. it. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely you you, you will not be disappointed with that. Okay, back to snakes. Go ahead, Owen. Close the Okay, question. all right. Well, <laughs> all right. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously the first one is uh if you could keep any animal without restrictions of price and or legality, what would it be and why? Wow. Um gee whiz. Any animal. Anyone. Any animal, period. Um I you know I I don't know that's a good question I, I guess maybe like uh maybe like some sort of big monitor lizard you know I really? see I see yeah I see all these uh, you know I've never I've always liked lizards but there's you know again so much work and maintenance and daily feeding and bugs and everything else that I've just never you know uh -huh. it's like I don't, I don't need that type of uh, complication in my life right now but the uh, uh, I, it, more and more as like similar with 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 snakes um these mm -hmm. monitors that everybody always thought were so mean and you know would bite you and now you know now you get captive bred ones and i see people on you know uh, youtube and instagram and they're like dogs you know they're they're tame yeah. and they're really smart and um you know i guess if i had the space and the and the uh the time to do it i guess i'd pick that like maybe a big cross yeah. monitor or uh you know a komodo Nice. You know, my 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 friend had a croc monitor years back, and he got rid of it, and then he just got a pair of juvenile crocs. And I'm like, these guys are much more laid back than your original croc. Yeah. Like they they look a little bit a little bit better in the whole like they're not looking at me through the glass and with sure. ill intent. Like you know, yeah, it's a little bit better. <laughs> so definitely very yeah. cool. Uh, um, next would be. 
if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? I would want to go to uh, New Guinea, and mm-hmm. um, I would obviously want to find, you know, chondros, uh, bolins, and I really like, I don't know what it is about New Guinea um, that's always kind of, uh, you know, uh, definitely a bucket list thing for me to go there, um, more so than just, you know, some random place in Indo. Uh, I always like the culture there for whatever reason, you know, the, the you can see photos of the different tribes and whatever and even though they're different there's something about them we're like oh i know exactly where that photo was taken even though i have no idea what tribe this is or you know where in new guinea it is you're you, you know it's new guinea um, right i've always liked like that about the place do you think seeing a chondro in the wild would change your perception about keeping them or how you keep them uh probably not I mean, I think it'd be okay. a cool thing to, to, to see, but, um, you know, I, I probably not for me. Um, okay. you know, I mean, I feel like not that, not that things, you know, you can always, something can always be improved. Um, mm-hmm. and we certainly don't have all of the, uh, captive husbandry completely figured out, especially not with green trees, but, um, you know, like, I don't think it would, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go and do like, you know, like experimental stuff with my collection. Mm. I'm going to stick to what I know, you know, even right. though it may not, even though it may not be, uh, there may be a better way to do it. I'm not going to like be the one that, you know, try to figure it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. Nice. That's- so I guess the uh, last question would be, how would somebody get in touch with you if they want to, talk shop or inquiry about a chondro or um emerald or anything like that so you know uh facebook messenger is is probably the best way instagram is is a good way um you know i'm 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 a member of all of the green tree python groups uh on facebook um so i would say that's probably the best you know that's probably the best way i I, a couple years ago i kind of you know had so much so much snake stuff on my social media that um, it was like all I would see, you know, so I'd log into Facebook mm-hmm. and just be like nothing but snake stuff. So I don't have like a lot of uh, friends of like, you know, I'm not friends with a lot of people that I don't like personally know um, or sure, like right. at least met, you know, at least met before. But, um, you know, always try to respond to, to messages. Um, and I'm, you know, as long as uh, I have time, I'm, I'm always down to, talk snakes or try to, you know, answer questions or, you know, whatever. And as far sure. as uh, availability goes, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't usually, I don't keep waiting lists anymore. Um, really just kind of, you know, keep things. And once I decide to sell them, I just throw them up there and, you know, first, first come, first, first serve, come, first, first come, first serve. Yep. <laughs> right. I like that. That's awesome. Cool. Well, we, 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 we hope you have massive success with the albino chondro, uh, project that. and get, get, get that kicking up off the ground. That'd be a really cool thing to see come yeah. out for you, you know? Awesome. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I hope, cool. I hope, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm whatever. We're, we're uh, trucking along. Coming up, on, 
coming up on 20 years in the project now. So, <laughs> oh my uh, God. You know, whether <laughs> I never produce another one or not, I'll always be working on it. You know, so it's just one of those, uh, one of those, one of those things. Hopefully it'll happen. Right. We'll see. All right. God, awesome, man. Well, thanks for hanging yeah. out with us tonight and best of luck. And, yeah. Yeah, man. Keep us posted. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. Thanks for doing the yeah. show. It's always, uh, it's always yet another. Get you had another <laughs> iCast whenever that happens. So, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, you guys have Bye, a man. good night. You too, man. We'll see you. All right. Bye bye. Cool. Very, very good yeah. show. Very good show. You know, had and a it, good time. And I, and I, I think I put him up there with like Keith, where it's like, who do I want to have success? It's like I really want him to have success with the albino chondro project, just like how I really want Keith to breed Boland. It's like because you've worked at it, you've done yeah. all the legwork, you've done the work. Put 20, <laughs> 20 years into the project, like Ooh. I, I would love that for that case, to happen. Man. Holy Ugh, shit! I, and there are people Ooh. out there who, if if the snake doesn't breed after four years, they quit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, think about scrubs, man. They're just oh like, what? Oh my god! this season, nothing happened. I'm out. Nothing happened. I bought them. I bought them last month. What the hell? Freaking things are broken. I'm selling these. Like, oh, right. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Um. Okay. So I guess we're gonna uh, go through. It. So next week, we've been uh, yep. a little um, green tree happy for the past couple weeks. Um. But uh, yeah. Martin. Martin Rosemond is coming back from uh, Martin Arlen. So we're going back into our carpet world. and uh, Oh, thank God. What... <laughs> so you feel a little more comfortable. but uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who Martin is, uh, go check out his uh, Facebook page, Martin R. Morelia, and uh, you can uh, see what the hype is about. The guy has some amazing carpet pythons. And he's also yeah. working with Moluccan scrubs um yeah he's got uh he's got a pretty nice collection i know he has some i think he has some crazy boas and stuff too that uh that he's that he's hiding away but um yeah we'll be touching base with him seeing what he's got going on this season i'm sure he's gonna have some cool stuff um he would be the one guy that uh you know was sort of taking the the gamma uh diamond jungle jag project to the to the next level so yeah yeah so uh Hats off to him. So he was on the show before, but uh, it's always good to catch up and uh, see what's going on. Um, so that's next week. And uh, for us, MoreliaPythonRadio.com, I am almost fin- – I gave Owen a little sneak peek of the website. What did you think? You think it looked cool or what? I, I did. I did like that, and I liked everything I saw so far. So we'll uh, – I, I kind of can't wait for you to, like – open it up and i'll be like oh like so i'm definitely looking forward to that you did good you know Better yeah than my website <laughs> dude it's a crap it, you know it's, it's a painting <laughs> process you know because i'll like do a page oh, and then i'm like oh i don't like the way this looks or it like looks <laughs> great and then i come back and i'm like no nah, this doesn't look good you know no so. no it's, i thought it did but no yeah it's yeah. It's hard, and and people like people are talking all this week about what do we do if Facebook goes away? It's like, well, get get a website because you can design it yourself. And I'm like, that that is 
a challenge, but it's so worth it in the end because then it's yours and no one can ever yeah. stop you. Nobody yeah. can tell you you can't do whatever. So whatever, exactly. Right. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, so you can uh, check out us. Uh, we're all over the place: uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I guess at some point, maybe down the road, we'll have you. We do have a YouTube channel, but there's really nothing on it. Um, I told I told you we've been told many times I have a face for radio, so I don't think we want to have a visual media attachment. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. uh, maybe we'll kick it our bag. Okay. Uh, the Northeast Carpet Fest, which is on June eighth in Warminster, PA. Uh, yes. Shirts will be if coming you are soon, <laughs> and if you are yeah. coming, you need to contact myself or Eric. Let us know what dish you wish to bring. It has to serve ten people. And you need to make sure it is ready to go and put it on the on to the table. So if you need to use an oven, let us know. And you have to put it in the oven. If you need to use the grill, let us know. And then you have to use the grill. Um, also, uh, anybody who's out there who wishes to donate to the auction, let us know. Uh, any kind of thing, voucher, T-shirt, animal, fun thing you think you want to see me or Eric attempt to explain at an auction. Um Last year, last year, I, had I, I year. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. Um, last year, I put my goatee on the line. That won't happen. Maybe we'll shave Eric this year. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure stuff out. Ooh. Just let us know what you guys are thinking. <laughs> yeah. You can I shave my it. goatee. No problem. <laughs> you don't have a goatee. Like, I'll grow like one. My father. I feel like my father, like, if he goes a day without shaving, something's wrong. You have to peel skin off. Like, no, nah, it's weird. But, um, uh, yeah, it's on. I'm growing one so that I have it. Like, every, <laughs> and then we're going to shave it. Do it. Do yep, it. I'm do doing it. Got a month. Right. Here we go. One month. We're going to see how much bushier it is than yours that you've been growing oh, for the okay. past year. We'll see if you get upgraded from Hobbit to Dwarf if you got a big bushy beard <laughs> hanging down it. Hey, I'm not going bushy beard, but I'm gonna go. Hey, well, uh, I'm just saying. Go with yeah. that. Anyway, soul anyway, patch. Um, maybe you want to go soul patch. Soul patch I do. <laughs> well, I think you should. I think you should do the uh, the the soul patch that eventually gets long enough that we can braid it, and you just do that. Ah, so, nice. Yeah, you can rock that for a bit. Anyway, um, now we've totally gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> the, no worries. If if you want to if you want to get into the auction. Contact myself or Eric, um, and it is June 8th. Uh, what we did say is some people have contacted me wanting to know if Carpet Fest is the only thing going on that weekend. We've kind of been batting around the ball about setting something up. We haven't set anything up yet, um, but I did say that anybody who wants to, if they get in contact with me the Friday before Carpet Fest, if they want to come over and see my stuff, they can. I'll have anybody over here to check out my collection, and then Saturday you can go check out Eric's. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Unless you're Rob um, Stone. Rob's not allowed. Sorry, Rob. Well, we're. I think we're coming Thursday. I hope you know that. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well. Okay. okay. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think so. We got to work that out since it's only a month away. Yeah. We're so behind. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We're really smacking this year. Holy shit. It is what it is, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a right. rough year for me for work, so it is what it is. Um, 
it'll still be awesome. Carpet Fest, uh, especially the Northeast Carpet Fest, uh, has, uh, you know, I, we this wouldn't still be doing it. it. We would not yeah. still be doing it if it was not worth And I'm telling you, you know, you've heard multiple people talk about it, but uh, I don't know if it's just because it's here. Awesome. But even when we did yeah. it at Howard's or when we did it at yours, to me, it was still, you know, it was still my it, favorite. Yeah. If you're on the fence about coming to Carpet Fest, please don't be. You know, I understand this stuff can be kind of daunting. I also know that we're very comfortable being behind keyboards. But this is how if you want to be involved in the reptile community, one two, the the Morelia community, um, this is the best way to do it. Because now you're going to put names to faces. You're going to make connections. And to be honest, I, this is how you forge relationships and move forward. Like These, these are the people you meet who you have a conversation with when you need an animal down the road, you contact them or you start a relationship with them, or you even find out that there's more Morelia people living in your area than you ever thought. Like this is the thing to do. So uh, if you yeah. can make it out, we'd love to see you. We'd love to have you come out. So please do. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. So finishing out the, uh, um, us info at Morelia Python Radio. Like I said, you can listen to it on whatever podcast uh, app you choose. We're also on um, uh, Stitcher. We're on um, just type in Morelia Python Radio and you'll you'll find us. Um, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and uh, as far as myself, ebmorelia dot uh, com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, all that stuff. If you want to get in contact with me, uh, you can send me an email at eric at ebmorelia dot com. That's it. Cool. All right. Uh, for me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You can also look up uh, Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. I just resupplied in T-shirts. So if you were holding back because I ran out of larges, I have a ton of larges now. So uh, 20 bucks each, and that's shipped. Just let me know where to send it. Um, also, for shows, I don't have any coming up now, but I will be attending – uh, they're, they're doing a reptile show, like a block from my office, dude. <laughs> so, um, oh, really? I'm probably going to be attending. Yeah. I'm probably going to be attending that one. <laughs> like, you know, all right. Uh, that's in May. Uh, and then, uh, there'll be another, I think, uh, uh, there'll be a June show in Hamburg that I will not be at. Cause I got other stuff to do that day. And I promise okay. I wouldn't go there this year. <laughs> so it's the, there's that also. Um, you can go on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram. And uh, that's it. So that's all we got for everybody tonight. We'll say thank you again for listening. And we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night. <laughs>